degree I'm still not sure I know I skipped three years worth of lectures Just to binge watch awful shows There must be some scholarship For accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Let your excess hex debts rest And then just join us while we start On our bachelor Bachelor Hello And welcome three The Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> podcast The Bachelor Australia podcast That asks the question Xavier can you dunk me some tea? Can I? Oh, I see. I've heard of it. Mm. I've heard of this thing. It's meant to be good, actually. You do a tea dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, first things first, where do we keep the hot water? Yeah, look, I think um, you might have to ask your mum because I don't know personally. Okay. Let me send a quick text. I'll see if I get a reply back. Um, where do we keep the hot water? What's up? This is Australia's best and longest running Bachelor Australia podcast. Max Quinn is my name. They are Xavier RN. Hi, Xavier. Hello. We are here to talk about everything from the last two episodes of The Bachelors Australia containing Sunday and Monday night's episode. We are recording after the Monday night episode. And before we go any further, I want to acknowledge that we are recording also on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This is and always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It is unceded. Terranullius, look, a colonialist myth as far as I am concerned and as far as you should be concerned as well, dear listener. Xavi, how are you? On the whole, what did you make of these episodes? I'm good. It's a big question. This is the first time we've done this in years. Yeah. Where we have been... Uh, I mean, I could I could blame them, but we really, we decided to do this. We've done this to ourselves, yeah. and I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. We, we've opted to, rather than try and cram four episodes of TV into one big, long, batchy pod, we're breaking it off into two clean halves. Kit Kat. And uh, a- as such, we just watched this episode, like... It finished airing less than half an hour ago. Fantastic. I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling confident and ready because to me, somebody who, I don't know if I listen, you know, anyone who's listening to this has probably heard, it's probably not your first episode. Weird place to jump in if not, but anyway, welcome. What's up? Uh, I like to prepare a little bit for these episodes. I don't know hey. if that's uh, surprising anybody, but uh, it's true. So here's know? what's happened. Xavier has recapped the first episode. I'm Max Quinn. I'm going to talk about everything that's happened during episode two. I was speed typing as we went through. I feel like I've got about half of an episode of really competent note-taking, and then by the end it has fucking devolved listeners. So it is going to be a journey for the both of us towards the end of this episode. Please join us in our delirium and delusion. It's so not how we'd down. like to do it. But no, but this is what the show has done to us. There are yeah. four episodes this week. Right, exactly. So, you know, by the time, you know, by the time you're hearing this, there'll be another one and another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is exciting. And there are plenty of exciting things that happened on these two episodes. Yeah, I think that on the whole, these were two pretty good and pretty interesting episodes. I agree. Particularly given the last episode we spoke about. On oh, the it was podcast, a dumpster fire, wasn't it? We really hated. Yeah. I particularly hated. And I actually was like, you know. It was one of those weeks, and they really don't happen very often, but every now and then I'm like, why am I doing this? Why do we do this? <laughs> but the, honestly, there were redemptive qualities for so many of the characters who were maybe not even in the realm of redeemability mm. in episode, what would we call that, episode three? That The most recent one was three, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So these are four and five. I feel like we've redeemed some, 
of these characters. There's lots to break down as we get into it. Before we do do the recaps, though, and I'm asking a lot of our short-term memories here, <laughs> but I do want to uh, quickly dive into a Batch World catch-up, because a couple yes. of things have happened. Now, it's only been a couple of days since we last recorded an episode, but the world moves quickly, you know? In the world of The Bachelor, it's the city that never sleeps. I don't things know are fast. Yeah. So, let's begin uh, with this. Jasmine has spoken exclusively to Tenplay Uh-oh. about her OnlyFans in a really good article, um, which I posted in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. I might drop it in the show notes if I remember as well. Um, and it's a great piece. She, she answers a few of the questions that we raised in our previous episode, uh, including how this OnlyFans conversation came up at all. Mm. Um, and it sounds like it was all really innocent. Um, the article reads, speaking about careers, the women joked that Courtney would, quote, make a killing on OnlyFans, and then the conversation turned to if anybody had used the site before. Um, and Jasmine said, you know, she trusted the girls. She says, I felt comfortable sharing it with them. I don't hide that stuff. I'm not ashamed of it, but I'm also very aware that you are in a house full of girls who like to gossip. So before I knew it, Tash walked around from the kitchen and asked what the name of my OnlyFans was. And I told her that I wasn't going to tell her. It wasn't her business. Um, Jasmine explains that she was waiting to see if she had a connection with Jed before telling him about that part of her life, which is totally fair enough. It's I think not, so. Yeah, it's not exactly how it seemed to come out in the episode. It seemed like it was being equated a little bit with the Jess situation of like, I want to see if he likes me before I do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? This Whereas this feels important. like it's going around. Yeah. Right. Um, And uh, having it revealed, she says, took away some of the control that the account itself had given her in recent months. She says, I've changed so much since starting OnlyFans. In my body, in my confidence, in my sexuality. I'm having better sex. I have better friends. I don't have people in my life who are judging me. I'm very proud of doing OnlyFans. I'm proud of who I am and of being sexual as a woman. And that rules, and Jasmine rules, and it's an excellent raid. There's quite a bit more to it, um, which I can't really get into just for time. But I'm really glad that Channel 10 gave her the space to tell her side of this. Um, And as you might expect, she speaks really thoughtfully and really eloquently about it. Right. Um, And... Yeah, I mean, listener, this she is your homework. About, yeah. Go, go read this go piece. Read this. Uh, it's it, really good. Yes, it will make you feel better about episode three as well. Like, um, you know, I mentioned, <laughs> you know, that episode took a lot out of me and, and made me think like this is uh, stupid and bad. Yeah. And reading that, I was like, okay, you know, like... Come on. It still feels a bit discouraging to me that Channel 10 has created a space for her to talk about this and share her side of the story, but it's not on the show. Yeah. And they're not pointing a great deal of traffic towards it necessarily or whatever. Sure. Like there are less people who read the articles on Template than uh, than watch the TV show. Certainly. But I suppose if you're coming to Template, we would assume that you are an engaged part of the audience yeah. and maybe you're having a look around for what else we can find out about this. And it's good at the very least that it exists. Yeah. Although, yes, obviously it would be better if the show had carved out an opportunity for Jasmine to speak her piece about this. Yeah. Second story this week, Tash... The We know Tash. We know Tash. Everyone listening to this knows who Tash is. Yeah. Tash has been doing the media rounds for some reason. Oh, good. Now, normally, it's not until somebody is eliminated they start doing interviews. Uh-huh. Now, Tash has now walked off, as we just saw tonight. We just saw in the show. Um, 
But it's interesting, right? So nobody else from this season has popped up anywhere except for these articles on Template. Right. Which is like an exclusive thing and probably part of their contract to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tash has got a head start. She was at the desk on the project on Sunday evening. Interesting. Um, and she also popped into Punky um, today, Monday. Uh, whatever it is she was doing with Punky hasn't come out yet. Right. But it'd be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I watched Tash on the project. Um, she was on screen for like two minutes. I don't know if you've ever had the misfortune of watching the project, but it's a really funny show where they uh, do a whole bunch of really exhausting comedy bits for like 90 minutes try, or yeah, whatever. Look. And then in the last like literally two to four minutes, they'll squeeze in a celebrity interview. Yes. Like tonight, Margot Robbie was there. Uh, and Diego Culver, and they were both like skyping in or something. It was, was a live cross for me. Yeah, they bring was, these people in. Of course, earlier. yeah, it was a live cross to them, and they both talked for maybe 120 seconds. And tops. so the funny thing about this is obviously that you're keeping these big moments toward the end of your the project show, so that you can cross these audiences over into the Bachelor. Yes, um, but like. Do that, but also give them more than two minutes. Right, exactly. We didn't get to hear anything. So uh, Tash was not there for very long and did not get to do very much. Oh, Tashy. Um, But she did manage to squeeze in, quote, at the end of the day, I'm here for Jed. I'm not here to make friends, which is just classic. Uh, And it's also, it struck me as quite funny to be hearing her talk in the present tense about something that happened like nine months ago or whatever. So, so, so long ago. She's a great villain she's playing the part of bachelorette villain very very well right and in, even outside the show and on, into the real world like she's yeah. not breaking kayfabe you know she keeps the act up um i wonder though what this signals in terms of like the fact that she is being sort of trotted out you know yeah. it's like do, does it feel does it feel panicked to you do you do you reckon they have sent tash out to try and drum up some ratings for the show or do you think maybe she's been given some extra screen time as a reward for playing such a good villain character? You know, oh, playing I kind a lot. of. I, d- I don't know. Mm. In the context of this show, I definitely don't know. What I would compare it to is the show The Challenge, where okay. and sometimes Survivor as well, right? Mm. Where uh, contestants who are on the current season will be recapping the episodes week by week and just being trusted by Paramount mm. to share up to the level of information that they have at the end of that episode. Right. I think that it's a bold strategy. I don't know that that is necessarily what's happening here, Mm. but for Tash to be speaking in the present tense, that's what I'm comparing it to. Yeah. It's such a funny balancing act when Mm. you see, you know, because this happens, you're right, with lots of TV shows. You can't give it away, but you can talk to where you're at in that moment as if you're still in it. Right. And so you have all of the incredulous uh, project hosts and Waleed and stuff going like, so what can you tell us? Does this drama continue? Like, no. you know, are you gonna, you know? And she's like, well, I can't. I, I, I contractually, just have to I keep can't. Watching. Yeah, but it's like everyone's playing the same game. Yeah, because everyone knows she can't say anything. That's exactly right. It's she should funny. just be like, well, what can you tell me about where Peter Hellier is now? Right. Or even like, bring what's, him back. What's the news tomorrow, please? Right. Yes. You know, tell me about that. Christ. Because they know. They do, While eating and they're stuff, they're sitting a on a big folder. They get it all a week oh, or two in advance. Conspiracy Corner has started early <laughs> on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. We That's move right. through the Batch World Catch-Up to the third and final item this oh, week. Oh, this is great. So, yeah. So, I messaged you and saying, you know, we like things to be in threes on this show, particularly this season. Mm. I've got two news stories I want to quickly hit. And then uh, if you have anything you want to hit for the third one, that would be fantastic. That's great. Because you've been really 
I want to say I'm proud of you. Thank you. You've been really pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Journalism is not not my forte. We know this. Well, it, you know, you're not you're not necessarily you're not a natural necessarily. I but work I work professionally as a journalist, but I'm not good at it. Well, yeah, but I think the amount of effort and the amount of hard work, just yeah, pure just elbow grease that you put into it. Exactly that. Like you don't, you know. Yes, you're not a natural. Yes, you weren't born into a big journalism family. Like no, me. no, exactly. And you, you know that born, you have to be the... born into one of the big four journalism families in the country. You're not. You're not the son of a son of a son of a bachelor journalist exactly like I am. You right? know, it's generations in my family. But I, I'm a nepo baby, and I'll admit it. Whereas with you. Your new money when it comes to bachelor journalism. This is it, right? And look, I, but I honestly, I promise you, this week I've got a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, th- with that out of the way, let's hear it. Okay. So I don't know if you remember a few seasons ago. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened tonight. All right. So you remember there was a group date that um, Tim Hanley was on, and Tim Hanley had to dress up as like a prawn. Oh yeah, of course. Big lobster. Yes. It I was a know, lobster, not a prawn, right? You, yeah, it was a lobster. Yeah. I should be precise about that i mean one would think celebrate you, the prawn yeah Those not to call your journalist no 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 no, 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 no you dare, like don't that. you dare okay yeah. all right so let me talk about this right mm-hmm. on that date what else happened uh was that the same date where fucking was dressed up like a chicken and had yes, a look was. yeah okay yeah. great so great. we're in the right ballpark all right so this is an update from waza oh sick okay, okay awesome. so he's posted his new year's resolution to Instagram today. He's done that today. Yeah. On the 16th. That's correct. Awesome. That's January really good. January 16th. Keep that date in mind, listener. We'll be coming back to that later in the episode, all okay. right? Because Waza has said, uh, I'm going to work on being con- less condescending this year. Right. And then he said, condescending means talking down to people. Oh, that's funny. It's pretty funny. Good one, Waza. Anyway, really good stuff from him. The other thing that I'd like to raise is what's going on on The Bachelor's social media account. Oh, yeah. Well, what, 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 what in particular? Well, firstly, like the biggest social media faux pas that you can do, I think, as a social media producer yeah. is posting something to the grid and expecting that people will see it in real time. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can't do that, right? No, yeah. But for each of the last four episodes, mm. the Bachelor AU account has posted live now. Oh, yeah. Watch now. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not seeing that until after the episode. Right. So on the stroke of 7.30, they're posting this to say... Right, exactly. How many time zones are there in this country at the moment? Mm. Just quickly, there are five. There's a lot, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's so much shit that's going on. That is simply not true for probably most people who see it, right? I don't know even... I don't know how it breaks Okay, so let's say New South Wales and Victoria maybe are the bulk of what your audience are. Let's say 50% of your viewing audience Mm -hmm. are made up in that time, A-E-D-S-T, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The other half of the country, yeah. go fuck yourself. Right, exactly. So stupid. It's very bizarre. It's right. very bizarre. And and um, look, The Bachelor, uh, it's funny how conservative they are about not pissing off some portions of the viewer base. Yes. You know, they're like, well, we can't, for example, show a gay man on TV right. for even one second. Because... Right. Uh, that that's simply just too challenging. But for if some you happen people. to be living in Western Australia, we are sure as hell gonna spoil the finale for you. Like right. three hours ahead, right, right, right. It's so silly. Can I tell you another thing that I spotted on social media this afternoon? Oh, which truly, we doesn't need matter. to talk about this. But they made another big social media faux pas, which big nobody mistake. cares about except me. But Huge. I'm gonna talk about it because I fucking run this podcast. Um, they posted a little social media video clip of Tash yeah. that went for I'm gonna say three seconds in total. And it was a video of Tash saying, 
I'm back. I bet you didn't see that coming or something. You know, right. I bet you didn't expect me or whatever. I'm back, bitches. Right. And this I is thought my Tash impression. What is that? She's on every episode. What do you my mean? My Tash impression is I'm back, bitches. Okay. Well, we're going to keep that in the in Great. the workshop for a while and we, see if we we'll can, see, yeah. you know. The workshop is like where you get one off, one of a kind garments, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a really special thing for the listener. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this video was interesting, but then I didn't think very much of it yeah. until probably 10 minutes later when a quite similar looking video popped up on the TL. This is something they shared on Facebook, Twitter, I think also an Instagram reel. Why did you do this? And it was Tash sitting in exactly the same position in the same outfit, you know, probably recorded within five minutes of each other. Uh-huh. And this was Tash saying, wow, what a crazy rose ceremony last night. Better make sure you tune in for the fallout. And that was the video that was meant to be shared They've shared today. the wrong thing. And instead, what they shared was a little bit of Wally Dolly's Tomorrow's News. No. <laughs> they accidentally shared that she's coming back, and I think it's either tomorrow or the next day. We're just going to flag that Tash is going to be back at some point. That's you right. know, we're as confident about this as the fact that she or someone on her behalf or an enemy of hers is mm. buying Instagram followers for her account at the moment. Listeners, if you right. missed this scoop, scoop at the end of the last episode, you got to head to where, like, there's like 20 minutes left in the episode. Xavier's going to talk you through exactly what happened. Pretty wild. I actually um, got sent some confirmation of this from somebody on Instagram as well, who has like good detailed screenshot breakdowns yeah. of when they popped in. And oh, someone else who is screenshot breakdown well, they were in the using, same way They were using do? the service Social Blade, and I think maybe they have a pro account on uh, Social Blade, okay, which I right. don't, and yada, yada. Sure, sure. <laughs> This Look, is but this is social blade is probably the exact kind of tool that people would be posting with mm. to send out their information about Tash. You have to check your things before you upload them, people. This is how mistakes are made. Right. Which like no one will ever know, except now we have uh, etched it into the stone of this podcast for all time. Everyone knows. I have more things to say later. Uh, for example, I think that the um, producers of the show or the costuming department maybe are mad at every woman on the <laughs> on the season. Yeah, that's like a good why I have so many fashion questions. There are some real fashion choices being hmm. made. But, uh, well, yes, we, there's, there's plenty to get into. And we should start with the episode that I actually had a little bit of time to sit and think on, which is, of course, The Bachelor Australia Season 10, Episode 4, which aired Sunday the 15th of January. What's that? No, just thought I, that's my new little intro for the segment. You did that. Okay, it was mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, no, that's my impression of Jed taking yet another moment. <laughs> and when I wrote that, I didn't think, oh, he's definitely going to do it again. In the we're going to see episode. this more tomorrow. Uh, Jed begins this episode with another big gratuitous rock and roll drum solo. A, a thing which a paying audience will patiently wait through in the second half of a concert that they've already enjoyed plenty of. And that's that's basically the best case scenario yeah. for a big drum solo, right? Yeah. Like, it's basically unbearable in almost any other context. You never want to hear a drum solo truly, literally on its own. Ever. Ever, right? And that's not to be mean to drummers who, you know, can do lots of wonderful things. Oh, drummers is the best. I'm the most jealous of drummers because they can keep rhythm with two or like three or four different parts of their body. Yeah. And one thing that's incredible about drums is they teach you how to dress, what type of man to be. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to it. Uh, (laughs) But... Yeah. uh, Jed tells Felix that he's letting up some pent-up frustration. Great. Um, Really good. So where are we? 
Oh, we're in the batch mansion. I should set the scene. I'm sorry. We're in the pad. We're in the, we're batch, in the batch pad. pad. Okay. And this has rapidly become one of my favorite parts of the show. Yes. Which is like this part doesn't resemble reality in any way, but also doesn't really try to. It's stupid staged boys chat. It's literally like a sitcom. Yeah. It's literally like yeah. these three boys, they couldn't be more different, but what? they've got to work it out together. The you two know? guys... A Jed in a pizza place. Right. Felix is like, keep that racket down. And then we cut across to Thomas, who's playing tennis. Yeah. And he says, my instructor said I need to keep the racket up. <laughs> and then Jed does a little Yeah. Great. I'm now writing fan fiction about the fucking TV show. So funny. Do you know what? I think tennis is good. I'm excited to start watching the tennis. Oh, yeah. Well, the tennis, the fucking Australian Open is on at the same time as The Bachelors. It's ruining me. Yeah. What a a catastrophe. They they were worried the ratings were too good, I guess. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm serious about curious. Yes. I'm curious. I'm 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 bi-curious. I'm (laughs) bi-curious. I I think he's good and I think he's bad. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could be convinced either way. Mm -hmm. Bi-curious. Uh, a little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, a little from column B, maybe? Uh, a little from column B. Uh, Let's continue. A little from column B. <laughs> really good. Uh, we watch as the three dullest men on television attempt to drag themselves out of the Stone Age and come to terms with the presence of a woman who is in an open relationship. Because yeah, uh, challenging. Felix maintains that, quote, it's not my thing, but I'm open to everything. Oh, you are open, Felix. Now you are. Yeah. And in ITM, he says, I'm keeping an open mind about it. You are open. Now Mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this is interesting. He's kind of done a full 180 from his initial, uh, you know, gut reaction. It's funny. We're going to see Jed do a full 180 later as well. Yeah. And probably Thomas also on a weird roller coaster, but we'll get to that. And we saw Dua Lipa do a full 180 as well. The 180 crazy um jed seems aware that tash is deliberately trying to start fires in the mansion this is wild this is an interesting revelation and this is also just another reason why they should have visited kenny and belinda at Dreamworld <laughs> to learn a few things about deliberately starting fires i mean please if you missed the last episode listener there is a real deep dive into who kenny and belinda are i think they heard it all right We cut back to the mansion. Jess ITMs that she's feeling confident and that the only negative energy that she's had regarding her open relationship is from Tash. Mm. Cue Tash, who approaches Jess as she's lounging on a daybed with Marjorie in tow. That's her minion. Minion. Um, (laughs) The Sully to her mic. Right. Is it fair to call her a minion? I think so. Yeah. I just wonder if that... um, is a bit loaded. No, 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 no. Like, it's all, it, this is all despicable me. Like, she's yeah. Gru, and then there's, like, Gru Jr. or some shit. That's, this is what, where, you need this a, is in you the need context to watch of those movies me. if you're going to talk about them. Yeah, Get yeah. those names out of your mouth. I am Gru. You know? Tash. <laughs> uh, with Marjorie Ento. And Tash apologizes. She says, you've got your own opinion and views on relationships, and I've got mine, and they're both different. I'm so glad that Felix gave you that rose because you do deserve it. Which is nice. Mm, completely right? changed my opinion on Tash. Mm-hmm. But yep. then Tash in ITM, straight away, it's a bit of a different story. She says she has nothing to apologize for, uh, but she just wants to show that she has no beef with Jess. Mm. In her words, quote, the hyenas have the beef. Completely changed my opinion on Tash. Again, I'm so upset that the whole storyline where Tash is being chased by a pack of wild animals <laughs> and she has to take food out of the mansion's weekly shop to distract them. Yeah. 
You know, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. follow the scent of this follow, beef. I'm gonna throw it off Pride Rock. Exactly. Yeah. So she can, uh, so she can escape. It, it's a shame that that's getting trimmed up. Right. And show, honestly, you know? like, uh, you don't belong on Pride Rock, Tash. I if you're agree. not gonna celebrate open relationships. Get the Save fuck off for Pride Rock. Queer icon Jed McIntosh. Right. <laughs> no, straight icon. Right. Jed McIntosh. As we approach World Pride in yeah. Sydney, I would like it known that I truly believe that Pride rocks. Um, Tash ITMs that people have been jealous and intimidated of her her entire life, Me but too, she just same. can't help it. Yeah. And I'm feeling yep, like these couple of episodes, we're really learning about the plight of some real underdogs, you know? Some people who have really been doing it tough their whole lives. Yeah, some real, like, these are the sausage dogs. Speak on that. Their bellies are so low to the ground. Oh, well, true. They have a lot of... They go under all the other dogs. Uh, Jasmine, one of the victims of Tash's persona, ITMs. I think think Tash has done it purely for the drama, purely because she knew the cameras would come, purely because she knew it'd get her airtime, and everybody here knows that's the reason why she's here. Which is fucked up, because I did it all for the nookie. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not about you. Mm. Um, And by the way, you can take that cookie... And stick oh, it up oh, your yeah. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Don't durst shame me. <laughs> um, in a girl chat with Yuri, Naomi, and two other women I could not hope to identify. Yeah, at this point, who can say? She says, maybe she does like Jed, but I'm pretty sure that sooner or later he's got to wise up. And if he doesn't, bring on the fourth batchy or give me to one of the other ones. Give me. <laughs> Max, who do you think is the fourth batchy? You know, in my heart, the fourth batchy is Gru. It's Gru. It is Gru from Minions. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Okay, that's a good choice. I think it's probably either Stuart Sutcliffe, maybe Pete Best. Um, I think George Martin has a claim to the throne. Maybe Brian Epstein. Oh. Who was it who played Keys on Let It Be? Like he was there on the rooftop concert. You know, like that feels significant. What's his name? Billy Preston, I think. No, isn't that Billy Preston's a drummer? Osha Ginsberg arrives at the mansion in a very casual outfit. Yeah. Like, not trying hard enough for my personal taste. It's slack. Because um, he's wearing slacks. Right. And he's slack. talking about how nice slack. the weather is, how beautiful it is outside, how sunny it is, which in itself is so Queensland tourism board that I'm oh tempted to play the jingle just yeah, for that. Yeah, where the fucking hell is he? Yeah. Um, but he tells the group that there will be three separate group dates themed after something that each batchy likes to do. So, just for ease of communication, I'm going to take them one by one. Yeah. Even though this isn't exactly how it plays out in the episode. Um, let's go on delinear in the right. past. Exactly, yeah. Let's delineate. Felix's group date takes place at Wet and Wild Gold Coast. We know that he loves getting wet and wild. Absolutely, yeah. He's, uh, yes. This is Australia's most visited water park, the 19th most visited water park in the world. Yeah. I have unfortunately never been to Wet n Wild. Oh, bro. Due to my very normal feelings about being seen by anyone at all with my shirt off. <laughs> I understand. Um, but yes. I, I am thrilled that Felix seems to absolutely love it. Yep. He, is just, he is just having a, a whale of a time. Let, mm. he's, he's having a other water creature of a time, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I've um, been to Wet n Wild twice. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. What can you Maybe tell even me? three times. Okay. So uh, the, the Sydney one or the Gold Coast one? The Gold Coast one. Yeah, sick. Okay. All right. So I went in year four, right. I reckon, with my family. Yeah. And then I might have gone in year six with my family again. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because Wet n Wild's super fun. Okay, I, I basically have two questions for you. Yeah. Is that all right, rather than waiting for you to explain it? Number one, yeah. was it wet? Yes. And number two? What? Number eight. I need a funny number two. You do funny number twos every day of the week. Let's keep going here on the Bachelor of Arts podcast where every zinger is a good one. <laughs> I wonder how much of the choice to set this date for Felix. Oh, none. Wet and Wild. Zero. Waterworld. What, what do you think I'm going to ask? Like how much of the choice was in his hands? Oh, well, that's not really where I was going. Okay. But I, I wonder if the choice was in his hands... How much of it was to do with wanting to see the women in swimsuits? Oh. Because that seems to be a motivating factor for him, broadly speaking. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like both can be true then. Yes. Um, As the women approach Felix at the beginning of the group date, we see Tilly find her way to the front of the pack, sprint as fast as she can towards Felix, and perform a pitch-perfect hooju. This is really good. Yeah. This is her second... Huju in as many episodes. She's great at it. She, I'm crowning her. You know, like it's, yeah. it, I feel like this is a key indicator that Tilly is quite literally the front runner. She is the Huju Q. Yes, um, which the Q is Q stands for Queen. I got it. Yeah, it's nothing to be sneezed at. Um, we watch Felix and his women go on the tornado, uh, on which you blast down a 40 meter long tunnel whilst hanging on for dear life to a four person clover leaf tube. Yeah, I mean like. Every morning when I get up, I blast down a 40-litre tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where my funny number two is Hot in. brown coffee, yeah. Oh, I see, right. Um, <laughs> I, I was reading all the copy on the website looking for, like... Because the thing is, it's a water park, so it's not, like, themed after anything, really. No. The theme is, like, water. The theme is, like, get wet or the fuck The theme off. is, like, I guess, chlorine and, like, yeah. children's pee and, like, loose <laughs> band-aids, I guess. How much can we dissolve? Yeah. yeah. There's one where you go through a water slide and it's got lights on the inside. I thought that's oh, cool. Oh, I think that's cool. Yeah. What about, this is the one that I liked. Yeah. Where you just go in the little pond and you float around in a circle for ages. Okay, so did you go there when you were like an infant baby? No. <laughs> okay, no. So I went there, the last time I went there was in year eight on excursion. Right. And I remember thinking, maybe this girl, <gasps> Haley, is like, maybe she's into me. And then she kissed this other boy, <gasps> Sam, no. in the butt on the bus on the way home. And I, I was like, said on the butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kissed him on the butt on the no. way home. And I was like, no, my butt. What about my butt? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit. Maybe it has to do with everything about how I look and am. Oh, and no. yeah, I know. Yeah. Remember this being being a thing for me. Just and then you're right on the bus on the way back home being like, then being like, no. I'm good. And that was the day you resolved to learn how to kiss your own butt. That was exactly what happened. Yeah, and, I was like... And now like, you do it every day, morning, noon, and night. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. MNN, morning, noon, and night, as yeah. I call it, mm-hmm. right? We do the KBMNN. Yeah, you have to abbreviate it because it takes up too much of the butt kissing time if you say the full <sighs> word. Otherwise, you can't, right? And also gets confused with M&M Which and is... M&Ms. Oh, yes, I see. Which is like a liberal candy. Right, exactly. We don't do that. conservatives won't touch anymore. Yeah, yeah. Conservatives will not have any part of that. Mm. We'll get to that later in this episode. I don't, I, somehow I don't think we will. <laughs> okay. Uh, we see an ITM from 21-year-old Yuri. Yuri! No, says, Yuri. Who says she was excited about this group date, but, quote, being here, I'm just really not feeling the vibe between me and Felix. Fuck, she's good. She is good. She's so fun. We don't get much of her, but every, I think every she has like a hundred percent like 
Oh, her hit rate, her strike rate. rate yeah. If this was baseball, one thousand. She's batting a yeah, thousand. Absolutely, she hasn't said a bad thing on the show. Mm-hmm. We cut across to Thomas's group date, which in ITM he describes as quote a day full of holistic wellness. This is so fucked. <laughs> this is something else. This is honestly like where is Nicole Kidman dosing these people a small amount on acid? Wait, what's the Nicole Kidman? Oh, Nine Perfect Strangers. I haven't seen it. Okay, so what happens? Is that is Nicole this a movie? Kidman? It's a TV series based on a Leanne Moriarty book, oh. and Nicole Kidman book. microdoses a bunch I'm... of people on acid, right? As part of a cult, yeah. And it was filmed all in Byron Bay, oh. and mostly the actors are like weird Australians, like Asha Ketty. Oh, okay, right, yeah, right. Not to say Asha Ketty's weird, but no, like, but like people that you wouldn't expect to be in a massive HBO Netflix something production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas ITMs. Coming from a burnt out... I shouldn't even try. I Coming really sh- from a burnt out... Coming from a burnt out restaurant manager who used to be a party animal and take drugs to get Thomas. high. And the way he says this is like, nothing has been more disgusting. You know, Thomas. like, he can't imagine a worse... Like, takes drugs <coughs> to get... Yes, sir. <laughs> you sweet dingus. Me watching this episode waiting for my fucking edible to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he says, I've now found a way to be high on life, naturally. And it's just the most amazing feeling. Uh, like, this man just needs to tone down the superlatives. Yeah. Amazing I'm just, I'm just throwing up. Because what he's saying here, when he's saying, I have found a way to be high on life. Yeah. We know what he's talking about. He's talking about his fucking business. That's also true, little... right? He runs this weird health business. Right. That is part of a multi-level marketing, as he would put it, network marketing. Right. Company. This date is conducted by two people from The Ripple Effect, which from my very brief research seems to be a suicide support network. Oh, which fuck. directly targets people in rural Australia. Um, they've partnered with the National Centre for Pharma Health and they're funded by Beyond Blue and the, and the Movember Foundation. I mean, fucking good on them. Yeah, so they're pretty fucking legit. Yeah. Um, but the people they've sent along are wearing the most unfortunate t-shirts, which say, Hug Life. Um, which is uh, one of the most uh, cringeworthy things. Look, so some of this is like, this is what gets my goat. I don't know if I've ever properly expressed this, not even on this podcast, but in my life before. Mm. This is what gets my goat about things like Are You Okay Day? Mm-hmm. Where it's like performative Are You Okay? The sense that like all problems of mental health in this country or, or in the world or whatever can be solved by these very... Uh, surface level responses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a much bigger issue than than any of these groups seem to be able to tackle. I, I shouldn't speak for yes. this group because I, I am from very briefly aware of them. And Me uh, too. And like, I am aware of them for, at this point, I don't know, 70 seconds. Yeah. But this is the sort of thing that historically... It feels like other shit that sucks. Feels like other shit that that rankles me. Yeah, um, something about the hug life thing. Yeah, it's it just, just like, feels evangelistic. Yeah, it's just like uh, all your problems will be solved if you just hug somebody, or you have mm. more hugs in your life, or whatever. Which is so it's so not true, right? Like mm. your problems might be solved if you were to spend some time talking about it, working on yourself. But also, like, I don't know that necessarily the way to help someone who you think might be struggling mm. is to ask them if they're good 
on a particular day yeah. that is prescribed. Oh, yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? It's like, bogus, like yeah. it, it just it doesn't feel right for me. And I've hosted all kinds of different panels for like Are You Okay Day uh-huh. in the music industry over the years. And I just like, I always feel icky about it because ask me next week or ask me in four months right. on a random day. Yeah. And then let's talk about it. And also when we do talk about it, be specific and prescriptive about mm. what your things are. Yeah. So how are you going with this? Well, the are you okay situation is also just woefully inequipped to deal with anything beyond like sort of so, like depression and anxiety. Yeah, like yeah, any yeah, other yeah, mental yeah, exactly. illness and any other yes. mental health situation is completely outside of the grasp of most of these types of initiatives. Are you okay is a question that you ask hoping for a yes. Right. So that you can stop talking about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about are you okay, really. But, oh, you know. but it is, it's all tied up in whatever this thing is. You know what I mean? There are so many more nuanced conversations that can and should happen in regard. Anyway, look, I'm. It doesn't, it does, Let's like. Keep going. It doesn't, like, you know, so this, they, what they do is eye gazing, right? Which I'm sure is a thing, and I'm sure some people find it great and helpful. And it's fucking wild that they stare into each other's buttholes. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you gotta learn to kiss it somehow. You know? <laughs> um,. I'm sure that eye-gazing, which is what they do here, doesn't strictly have any negative effects with regards yeah. to suicidal ideation or whatever. I don't know. But of course. it doesn't exactly feel like they've done a particularly good job of like getting the message of this group across with this segment or anything. No. You know, like no, no attempt is made. I and don't think any attempt is made on either side is the other part of it, because look at what Thomas takes away from it. It's exactly what he wants to take away. Right, exactly. So uh, everybody pairs up for two minutes of eye-gazing and observation and connection and that kind of thing. Thomas and Kiki are paired up uh, while the other women are just forced to, you know, try and take it seriously while, like, staring down their competition. Kind right, of weird. Right, it's, it's not a group date activity. Somebody's fucked up, basically. Yeah, you know? this is not... But Thomas tells Kiki, I felt really comfortable with you. You just show unconditional love to the people around you. It's amazing to be in your presence. Um, which to me is like, you didn't get that from this two minutes no, of eye contact. This no, is something no, no, you no, were no, already no. going to say. You're bringing things into this and you're taking things out of it. He also says, at one point, I also saw a little bit of pain that I think made you who you are today. He is cold reading her. Yeah, this is exactly. This is like what a dodgy like fucking psychic does. John whatever. Edward is licking his chops. <laughs> John Edward? John Edwards. I think it's plural. Yeah, it's plural. There are multiple Edwards. Yeah, um, it's very yucky. Uh, if you ask me, oh, it's not. I mean, it's not that bad. I don't like Thomas, and this plays into the things that I don't like about him. No, I just, yeah, and I feel like this is all very ineffectual. You know, I think it's ineffectual. I ultimately, I think Thomas is probably harmful, and I don't like him. Mm. But I don't like him for the reasons. Uh, but I don't hold it against him because I just think that he's like dumb. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that he's been convinced to believe something that he doesn't. Like, I don't think anything nefarious of him. Okay. Anything insidious about him. I just think that this is like his whole evangelized world now. Mm. Mm. I wish I was there with you. Uh, Mm. (laughs) Let's cut over to... Oh, yeah. The Kiki starts to cry and then they share a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Jed's group date. Uh, Jed and his women are whisked away to the Palazzo Versace Hotel. For a day of pampering and self-care. This one seems like I would love it. Yeah, it's cute. Um, there is a funny moment where Jed asks Jasmine how she's holding up, um, you know, since the whole OnlyFans uh, debacle. Sure. Um, but it's while she's sitting right next to Tash, who is just like staring daggers at the both of them. Uh, and Jasmine says she'd prefer not to talk about it right now. Great. <laughs> it's really, she's, she's like, I'm so just trying good. to move past it. Yeah. 
Jasmine ITMs, she's concerned that Jed is condoning Tasha's behavior. Yeah. And that, quote, he can't see past bullshit. Um, later, she decides to have a chat with him to see what his feelings are about his, her OnlyFans account. Yeah. And instantly, he says it's fine. And says, I think people would hopefully tell from my character that that stuff has got nothing to do with me. Not that I don't care about what you do in your personal life, but I'm just not here to have those conversations. And I think this is about as good as you can ask for. Yep. Um, he knows it's not his business. Uh, he's not making a big deal out of it. He's not praising himself for being open-minded about it, which I feel like some bachelors might do. Sure. Like, I actually feel like it's so empowered, like, you know, to lay that on so yeah, thick yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's just happy to keep the wheels turning, and I think that's good. Yeah. We don't have to stop down on it too much. But he then jumps right into asking her whether anybody in the mansion has got, quote, ill intentions. Mm. In effect, he is asking her to become the rat for this right, season. Right, exactly, right? He's asking her to out her outer. Yeah. And I think I think almost every season has a rat. Yeah. This is a new character type I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting forward. Yeah. Um, Everyone has a rat. Everyone has a medig- Medigliana. <laughs> yes We've got we've got a rat We've got a bulldog We've got the whole You know Yeah farm. yeah yeah Every sign of the Zodiac Right, right We've right. got a, the bulldog An important Zodiac Yes Yeah Of course um, The rat never wins The show No uh, They're often the blood sacrifice At the rose ceremony Where you definitely think The villain's about to go home And yeah. then at the last minute They don't Yeah um, Jasmine sees right through it in ITM, she says, why the fuck are we talking about Tash? I didn't come here to talk about Tash. So like, good. fuck off. Go ask her. Yeah. I just want to be seen and heard by Jed. And all oh. he's seeing is Tash. All we want, any all anyone wants is to be seen and heard by Jed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the lesson I'm taking from this. But I love Jasmine here. This is she's so great. great. She's, you know, so, she's just so fucking good. standing up for herself. Um, I love to see it. It's very iconic behavior from her. Back at the mansion, it looks like we're getting an afternoon barbecue instead of a cocktail party. This is new. Fast. An Arvo Barbie? An instead Arvo of Barbie. a cocky par- party? Tried to do something with that and it didn't work. Nope. The batch thrillers arrive. Felix is carrying a meat tray and says, you ordered it rare, didn't you? No. Which is like maybe the most dad joke that has ever been said. No, not on this show, Felix. Stop it, go away. It's just, it's just like you want to be seen as a potential romantic prospect by these people. You can keep that joke in your back pocket, oh, you know? But I love that he can't. <laughs> well, he yeah, can that's true. Not. It's It's a very telling moment for Felix that yeah. he's like, this is going to be a riot. It's going to be know? an absolute hit. No, he's so, yeah, I love him. Um, Crystal has some colourful narration here about how she and Felix would be a power couple, take over the world, have great sex, and have some beautiful babies, none of which will actually happen. No. I just... It's sinking in, at least at this point, and she does actually... I wrote this recap before she popped in the episode we watched tonight. Uh Uh-huh. There is a moment with her tonight, which I think is quite good, but at this point, I'm thinking it really sucks that Crystal doesn't seem to be... A real romantic a option. A front runner. You know? Yeah. Um, not just not being a front runner, but like barely even considered. Oh, see, I consider her to be like, based on the strength of that blind date, yes. even still, a strong third option. Right. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling it at this point. At this point, I was thinking like, you know, this is this is an archetype that... And now it's it feels weird, weird to talk about this because it has been proven wrong a little bit by yeah, what we yeah, saw Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. This is how we're feeling at the time. 
I think um, Mary is is an interesting oh, point interesting. of comparison. Mary Vitorino um, fell into this kind of archetype on Matt Agnew's season. Maybe less so. I think she got more chance to branch out on Paradise. Definitely. But on Matt Agnew's season, well, let you know. Let's look at both of them. They're both uh, Mary and Crystal are both really funny and they're charismatic and they're very expressive and they get relied on to add moments of personality, but yes. they're never really part of the central narrative. You don't get them to... Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I think that Crystal will become more important to the narrative of this show than the show ever allowed Mary to become to Matt Agnew's narrative. Yeah. Um, I really hope that's true. And I do think we saw some positive signs in that direction I on, agree. The, on the following episode. Yeah. Which is good because, like, I don't know. The, I, it, there's something a little bit insidious about it. Just over the last few episodes, the the role that she has played, which is very backgroundy. Yeah. Um, I've said but this. But I be- want more. Yeah, I, I've said this before. I also feel like if the show had cast more people of color or people from different backgrounds, I wouldn't be thinking about this side of True. things so much. Yeah. But like, for one of the very, very few POCs in the show to be relocated to this like sort of background character archetype, who is just like kind of a but commentator she's the or main background character archetype as well in terms of people of color. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. there's nothing happening with Ebony. We'll get to Yuri later. Crystal's yeah. the most visible, and we're both still going like. I don't know. Could it be something? Yeah. Um, Felix has decided that he's really super cool about Jess's open relationship, actually. This is great. As a matter of fact, he's always actually been really cool about it, and it's super not a big deal to him. And he's actually, like, just a pretty chill guy when it comes to this type of stuff. And uh, he tells her, quote, there's an aspect of your life that's different to what I do, but there's nothing I can't get to know or get to like. With us, I think there's something there. We've just got to work to find where it is and is it all compatible. If I were to give Felix the benefit of the doubt in this situation, I would say he's thought about it. Sure. Yeah, totally. And I, I want to believe that's true. Do you? I don't know. Yeah. I Like, you know, this is a very sudden change of heart. It's, it's abrupt. And we see it from Jed a little bit later in a different situation. And I'm very curious about the show's choice to pursue these narratives with The Bachelors. Right. Um, to me, if I'm being honest, it feels a bit like he has decided that he's not going to end up picking Jess. Like okay. he has come to that decision within himself, but he wants to keep her around long enough so that it won't make him seem like he's out of touch or that he doesn't All approve right. of this or whatever. Yep. Like that's where I'm sitting is basically he's internally gone, well, that's a shame, isn't it? But, uh, well... I don't want, you know... Yeah, and now I think he's a pretty girl this, on the way or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But, it's, but it's like, you know, now this topic has come up, I can't seem to be this, uh, you know, old-fashioned stick in the mud or whatever. Right, especially right. because he knows that he reacted really strongly negatively yep. right off the get-go. Yep. So he needs to win back some of the audience's favor. He needs to look like a better guy. And maybe Conspiracy Corner, someone's in his ear saying that to him. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Because obviously he's he's the product. You know, he's part of he what they're the selling. He is the product. Yeah. We also see about 10 seconds of interaction between Thomas and Marnie. And I mentioned this for reasons that will become more important later. Great. But they sit at the edge of the pool. She asks if he's going to hop in. And he says he's perfectly comfortable just dangling his feet in. Does not want to get in. No. Doesn't like getting wet. Nope. Remember this for later. Um, We also see Elysia compliment Jed on his eyeliner uh, good. Glad I took note of that. Yeah, look, honestly, that becomes important later too. Oh, you know what? 
It's a great point. Yeah. It, it does, yeah. Good editing show. Yeah. You know what? The show's a masterpiece. Ah. Akira Kurosawa. Kurosa, Kuros, wait. Akira Kuros. Wait. Delete it. <laughs> Felix ITMs. He's trying to tone down the public displays of affection, especially when it comes to Tilly. This is so funny. But that it's, quote, easier said than done. No. I feel like there should be some sort of horniness means test when it comes to becoming The Bachelor. Yeah. Like, he has clearly got more than enough of it to go around, and it's becoming a little bit nauseating at times. Look, he just wants to get it in. Yes. And so, some of this, he's been like, all I know is hookup culture. Yeah. And I just want to hook that, up. Maybe that's the vibe. Is He's like, he's trying to sell the narrative that he's like, I'm brainwashed by it. This I'm, is how I, I, fuck, I do I romance. I so much. Yeah. I'm such a root rat I'm that I literally, I, I'm programmed this way and I cannot help myself. Well, so it's interesting because like what we see in a moment, I think really informs this. Uh-huh. So Tilly pulls him for a chat by the pool. And seconds later, she's draping her very long legs over him. Yep. They're huddling up close to each other. And he tells her, tell me a bit more about... Because I feel like every time we get together, we're incredibly intimate, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not at all saying... There's not an ounce of me saying, change that. So he, this is him trying his very He's hardest. He's trying so hard. I think we should respect that, actually. I think that's true. Uh, and they start making out very loudly and very forcefully. I think he is a terrible kisser. Um, and weirdly, so does Tilly. Yeah. They come up for air for a second, and she says, quote, you're very, a little bit gross with your kisses. Yeah. Which is like, you don't want her saying that. No. Um, and naturally, a few people see this happening, and Crystal says, I'm angry, Will. I'm angry. I'm angry. So, but here's the thing with the kisses, oh, right? Yeah. He's a root rat. Yes. He does not know. No one has ever pulled him up and said, kiss slow. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. My Half of my face has been chewed off. This man says he's never been in a relationship before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Forceful kissing. Mm. Awful. Yeah. Don't do... Like, I there, mean, maybe there is a time and a place. place, sure. Different people, different Thank preferences. You. Right. Sure. Um, but always forceful kissing yeah. is, I suppose, what I'm talking about. Right. And no, 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 like, no, 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 no. Of course, no. when you combine that with the like group setting and the public place and all that kind of stuff. Right, like, right. Exactly. There is a way to... Uh, and and obviously they're uh, contrasting it with this ITM of him being like, I'm definitely trying to cut down. You I'm know? trying to, you know, like, <laughs> cut down like he's a fucking back a day smoker. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on the patches. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty funny. And, and, and people see it and Crystal says, just have some respect. You're clearly in a group setting. You can literally save it for your single date. Put it in your pocket. Think about it for later, folks. Yeah. And Yuri ITM's automatic red flag. I just cannot stand men who pit girls against girls for their own amusement. Great. Another banger from Yuri. Yuri is just hitting it out of the park. Yes. And of course, this, get, this gets the... Uh, what is it? Annual... This gets the official BOH award for... You knew what you signed up for. Or, you know, like, this is what the show is award yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. We need right? a snappy title for it. But whenever you hear a line like this, you're like, buddy. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Yuri. Yes. But still, she phrases it immaculate, immaculately, and she's, of course, bang on. Um, Felix joins a group which includes most of his other women, and Crystal politely suggests that it could be interpreted as a bit insensitive that he keeps being 
doing these big fucking sloppy makeouts with everybody all the time in group settings. Yeah. And it might be a little bit easier on everybody to be doing that a bit more during single dates. Someone in the BOHDMs this week mm-hmm. called it tongue punching. <laughs> and that is so accurate. Don't it's you think? It's extremely accurate. Like yeah. it is forceful. He's doing an act of violence. He's just like fucking, yeah, like committing tongue perjury or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. t- he's breaking out of jail. Right. He's doing he's a tongue, out of tongue war. jail. Yeah. One, two, three, four. I, I declare, declare a tongue Yeah, war. fucking A. Felix, who has <laughs> proven that he's really great at taking feedback on board. Yeah. He loves to get pulled up on his behavior. He really likes it. Uh, says, yeah, I can see that, but I'm exploring different relationships at different levels with different people. And people have to understand that this is that setting. There's not an element of me that wants to be disrespectful to someone, but I am going to be disrespectful if I ignore that intimacy. So when Big Gale owner of Mini, who, by the way, we haven't seen in a couple of episodes. And I would, I more, would like more a check-in. More please. I would like a check-in on Mini. Yeah. I would like to know she's doing okay. Yeah. Hypothetically, she's still at the mansion. I think Mini is still at the mansion. She's definitely, like, Are they letting her loose in, her the, cat backpack in the dorm? At this point. But imagine, like, I wouldn't want to be let loose around Tash either. Oh, true. Yeah, anything could go wrong. Anything could go wrong. You don't know what you're doing when you bring a pet into this mansion. This is it, right? Yeah. And, you know, like, are they telling the landlord? There's a lot of things to think about. <laughs> Imagine if she got, like, the rent went up for the, the <laughs> m- month or weeks or whatever that they you were You went filming. and visited it. Did it look like the rent had gone up? It didn't look cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a cat, actually. Now that I think about it, there was a stray Minnie? cat. Yeah, that had just been... Uh... No, we know Minnie's in good hands. Um, Big Gale says... I think maybe the issue would be then maybe just a bit more evenly. Like that's Love what could be this. getting lost in translation. This is great gameplay. Which is really fun. Yeah. It's just having like... Uh, Hello. Hi, remember me? I got a cat. Yep. Backpack. Backpack, you said you liked me more than anyone else. Gave me a leaf. Hello. Gave me a whole leaf. You gave her a leaf as well. Mm-hmm. You called Jed and said, could I get a right. little rose for her as well, please? about it. They played fucking good or something. Uh, and then uh, Felix hears this and, and he very incredul- incredulously goes... You mean kiss everyone? <laughs> this <laughs> Which, like, dipshit. And he says it in the way that, like, the idea of it disgusts him, even though that's obviously what he's doing that already. That is what he's doing. Like, he's we hear definitely a confessional from Jess in the next episode where she's like, I think I'm the last woman to kiss Felix. <laughs> right. And also, like, that's the idea of the show, is to right. kiss everybody. Kiss everyone. Essentially. It might as yeah. well be the fucking title of the show. Maybe that, that might actually help with the rating. I think so. Yeah. In ITM, he chucks a big tantrum. Virtually every line of this tantrum is interesting, so it's I'm going to pick quotable, it apart. It's quotable, please. It's quotable, yeah. You're going to hear kids saying it on the schoolyard next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And I'm playing hopscotch, with they, which I'm sure they still do. Yeah. And, and by the way, why are, we do, why are we going to the fucking schoolyard? What yeah, right? One, two, men. three, four. Um, in a sense, I understand where that's coming from. Yeah. It's confronting. If you see someone who you are, in a sense, dating, hooking up with someone else... And I point this out because he does this huge Dr. Evil air quote. It's wild. When describing the fact that he's quote unquote dating these people. Yikes. It's like, you don't believe it? What are we doing here? What are we... Iconic from Felix. It's not real to him, you know? Um, They're looking from their perspective and not an ounce of my perspective is taken into this. Go off. My reaction is the opposite. I don't know if you're kidding or not. I'm but this, absolutely kidding. Right. Because I hear this and I'm like, oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> your poor little perspective isn't being brought into account. <laughs> uh, like, it's just so... Pre- like, as a white man... Yeah, truly. Who is the bachelor. Right. 
my couldn't be in more of a position of power here. Yeah, exactly. Could no one think about what I'm what I'm saying in this right. situation? But he's not even being sassy about it. He's like genuinely he's angry. Offended. He's yeah. like, hang me in the town square. But you're on a show where you're hang dating me in one the town guy. Square? Fucking, this is you are talking about lynching. Yeah, you can't talk about this. No, 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 no. He also, yeah, it's interesting to hear him um, refer to it as a show. He says you're on a show where you're dating one guy. Yeah, as opposed to these words like experience or journey or whatever. This is our man. It's a, it's a little bit like how we have uh, villain. ITMs where they make direct references to things like screen time yeah. and where the cameras are and yeah. stuff. Like we're fully the fourth wall does not exist on this season. No, no. He says, someone in my group has a boyfriend, and I'm not off put by that. You clearly are. He's so clearly off put by it. Not only was it obviously a huge deal on the previous episode, but also the fact that you're now bringing it up again here means you're still not over it. The whole episode was almost all about it until the same woman who outed her for having a boyfriend then outed a different woman for having an OnlyFans. Right. Thank- thankfully, we got a, a breath of fresh she air from something worse right? happening. Yes. Um, I am not off-put by someone in my group that currently has a boyfriend at home, but apparently it's uncomfortable if I kiss someone else that's in my cohort. Cohort is so fucking yuck. <laughs> cohort is grim. He sounds like fucking Principal Skinner. Yeah. It feels... Akin to, let's say, graduating class. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, if I fucking, if I'm the year advisor and I happen to kiss someone in my cohort, then, like, it's just, yeah. I just, I I just feel the tiny fractured ego of this man. Yeah. Who just absolutely cannot handle. He's trying his hardest to pull it together, but cannot. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like you're so positive on him. I feel like you believe the best about him. And for, and, and you're charmed by him a lot more than me. I definitely am charmed way more. Yeah. I, look, honestly, it's so stupid that he is the way that he is. Mm. But I want to at least believe in one of them. Mm. Yeah, I don't need I that. I <laughs> find him the most redeemable because he is the most straightforward. I'm not sure if I even feel that. I, th- I feel like Jed's taking a tiny uptick. But anyway, we, we don't have we'll to... We'll talk about Jed yeah. in just a moment. Yes. Uh, he closes by telling the women, I'm just going to be quite blunt here. This is a very... It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny as if you've been anything else. Yeah. This is, a very, this is a very difficult situation for me to be in. To be honest, I'm sorry, but if you're actively seeking to find us in a private situation, that's the unfortunate nature of it. And I no, genuinely... it's so fucked. I feel like he, he might have a point here, you know? That unfortunately... Part of the role of The Bachelor is to date and kiss a lot of people. Yeah. Which means that feelings are going to get hurt and everyone's just going to have to live with that and make yeah. their peace with it. Yeah. But he fumbles it so badly because he's a whiny little baby with a temper. He doesn't understand. And he starts talking before he thinks about it. Like, yep. if we're, if we're um, you know, believing that he has had a change of heart about the open relationship thing, uh-huh. then that's because he has taken a day and slept on it and thought about it. This is where I'm at. And like whatever it is that the no filter thing that you find charming about him is actually what's getting him in trouble and making Absolutely. him be extremely exhausting and upsetting oh, to me. Exactly what. So to be honest with you, I find that extremely exhausting and upsetting. Also, mm. I find it charming in the sense that it is clearly a man who cannot help himself with his first reaction. Mm. But what I like is that his second reaction, he's then like, oh, oh no. Yeah, it's just to me, like, he can help himself, you know? Like, he could, and he oh, should. absolutely. Like, yeah. I, you, you are right about that. For me, it's just, like, whether he can't or whether he refuses to, mm. 
on TV yeah. is I'm, dynamic. I get it because it's like it's he's like it's like Sisyphus. Yeah, know? fully. He's like aware of the task that he needs to do, which yeah. is like behaving like a normal person. Yeah. And he can see it out of the corner of his eye, but he's just kept he kept the, Don't look back. the, the fucking boulder keeps slipping down again. Yep. You know? And he yep. keeps trying to push it back up again and mm. yeah, it's an ongoing struggle. Which is the one that didn't look back? Was that Sisyphus? Uh, no, you're thinking of Bob Dylan. Oh, Bob Dylan is who I'm thinking of. And what about um, wait, Oasis? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look back in anger. Yeah, yeah. The women. This is also funny. The women try their best. I mean, funny. It's also extremely sad. It's so sad. They're trying their best to like play the supportive, submissive role that he's clearly looking for here. Yucky. Um, and and he, when he goes like, it's actually really hard for me to be in a position of power directly over you, and to be able to choose when you know any of you are allowed Might to talk to me to leave or situation. Yes. To leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's just like so clearly. Uh, their boss, you know, but also looking for them to feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, it's so hard to be your boss. Yeah, exactly. I just feel nothing for him. No. You know? I get it. Um, Thomas, let's cut across to him. Another yeah. man we truly love. Malicelli. That's right. Thomas, ITMs. This might sound woo-woo, but... Stop. <laughs> you should preface everything that you say with that. This might sound woo-woo, but... This might sound woo-woo, but... Just yeah. go right ahead and say that before you say any other thing out of your mouth. Is that what it sounds like when you're kissing your end behind? This might sound woo-woo, but I feel as if I know Kiki so much at a soul level. No, it does sound woo-woo, and stop it. They chat together for a second. He says, thank you for showing me what you showed me. You really opened up a lot. And she says, I didn't have a choice. When I'm in those raw, authentic spaces, breath work, or just opening my energies, I just surrender. She showed him his butt. (laughs) And he nods and then kisses her. It's not the best looking kiss, but Thomas has the advantage of being compared with Felix on his side. Yeah. Um, So if if anything, this is is one of the peaks of romance of this episode, really. Yeah. Uh, Kiki also mentions that the drive to the single date took her past her daughter's school and she shares with him that she's got two kids. To which he says, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> In ITM, he it's says, man. she has got two beautiful kids. Oh gosh. My deal breaker was that. <laughs> two beautiful kids. If they're ugly, I, like I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Redeemable. He says, nothing wrong with it. But my vision of a partner wasn't to partner up with a mum. I was brought up with two stepdads, and although I have so much respect and love for my stepdads, I just really wanted to start my own family from scratch. No. That was what I envisioned. No. I don't know what to think. This is so awful. It is a bit, isn't it? dumb shit. Um, This poor dumb man. Yes. Thomas... I mean, like, Thomas is allowed to want to get with somebody who doesn't have kids. Of course he is. You're right. And I take it back when I say this dumb shit, this dumb man. It's not right. It's dumb and he is dumb. Like, both of these things are true. He's allowed to not want to get with somebody who doesn't have kids. But the way that he he articulates it and what his reasoning seems to be is what is particularly bizarre to me. That is a part of it. And we should take into, you know, consideration that maybe this is how the show is presenting him or whatever. But, Um, (laughs) But, like, instead of saying something like... I'd be intimidated by being a late addition into an existing family dynamic. Yeah. Which I feel like is a more reasonable place to come with about insecurity about this. Or like, 
I'm concerned that right now might not be an ideal time for me to transition into a parental role. Or, yes. You know, like, I, we have to talk about this a lot more before I can become comfortable with it. Right. So many things you could say here. But instead, like, he's like, the genetic purity of my bloodline will not be compromised by children who weren't born of my mighty Italian gum cum. Yeah. Gum cum. Christ. Um, really good. Incidentally, a little bit of clicking around on the forums will show you people who have dug up a Facebook post from Thomas Malucelli on Mother's Day, um, which, you know, like May of last year, um, where he says, I'm 35 and the last thing I can think of is having a kid right now. Upside down smiley face. No, 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 no. Now, this might have changed during filming and, you know, who knows what is what to make of the upside down smiley face. I don't yeah. know, it might change things altogether, but still feels like worth mentioning. We flick back to Jasmine, who is ITMing that Jed, who is still palling around with Tash, might not be the right bachelor for her. And that there's another bachelor in the house who might be a bit more emotionally mature. So the previews have set this up to look like she was talking about feelings. Precisely. This is about what I was about to ask you about. Yeah, so in a shock reveal... Kind of shock. I mean, you know, in a in a well played reveal for this show, for sure. It turns out that she actually meant Thomas, who Jasmine describes as quote absolutely gorgeous, really kind, and he has a great energy. Energy. She grabs him to see what the vibe is, saying, "Quote: I've come here for something long term. I want somebody I can grow with. I want somebody I can go to the markets with and go hiking with and to experience life." And Thomas thanks her, Mm. but quite awkwardly says it would be another layer of confusion and respectfully turns her down. It's wild, isn't it? This feels like him turning down 700 women on their blind dates. Yes. I thought that this was pretty bold of Jasmine. Yes. I didn't expect it to be Thomas, but it makes sense. Yeah. We saw the clip of her saying there's another bachelor in the house who might be a bit more emotionally mature. Yeah. And we heard the audio, but that was played on top of a picture of Felix. And I was like, are you sure? Are we certain about this? And then the thing with Thomas is like, are we certain about that in a completely different way? It's true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What they've done is pick three bad men. I think we might have mentioned this before. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy to paint them all as three bad men. But uh, at this point, like, I don't know that anyone is, and the show is going out of their way to mm. present them as flawed. And I love that. I agree. I agree. They're being upfront and honest about the fact that these are not, you know, the, it is perfect. Such a the myth of The Bachelor is a lie, you know? Yes. Right. Yeah. And I love that they're leaning into that because it's what we've been saying for years. But at the same time, it's a bit of a juxtaposition to be like emotionally mature and also Thomas. Yes. Or Jed or Felix. Right. Yeah. So let's go to the rose ceremony. Osher asks a few women to briefly recap the events of the episode that we've just watched. Yeah. Which doesn't really lead to very much, except that Jasmine airs her doubts about Jed in front of everyone and says that Thomas might be a bit more aligned with what she's looking for. Um, I also want to point this out. He He's speaking t- uh, about Tash, or maybe to Tash. Yeah. And he refers to her as Tash Candice a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this Osha? Yes, Osha is referring to her as Tash Candice. Yeah, so I want to understand this because he does this in the next episode also, and I wrote it down as a question for you. What's right. going on? This is just what he's calling her. Tash this Candice. Is, this is not her government name. Oh. Her name is Natasha Zawenetti. However, this is, in fact, her Instagram handle. Oh. And I'm, I was trying to think of another time that this has happened. Is there, is there a different Natasha or a different Tash on this season? There is not. 
what's going on? Yeah, I think this is just like, I don't know, maybe everybody's calling her that or something. Like, some people can brand themselves so well that their Instagram handle becomes what people call them. Sure. Like, I feel like I call Sierra from last year, from Jimmy Nicholson's season. I feel like I call her Sweppo more than I call her Sierra. That's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. But I don't know if that happened on the show. I feel like this might be a first. This is pretty wild. If you think about Jeff Probst in Survivor, as I often do, mm-hmm. he is known to give contestants nicknames. Sure. And then that becomes the law. You know, yes. John Cochran becomes Cochran. Yeah. Andrew Savage becomes Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, yeah, yeah. it's men that he likes. But we'll, you know, this feels similar enough to that. Yeah, I wonder if it's just like Osha has become close with Tash on some level. I or... don't know. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'd love to find out. Um, anyway, same story as before. There's 15 women on the chopping block and only 12 roses to give out. But as Felix steps up to the podium to hand out his first rose, a heroic voice rises from the bleachers. This is fabulous. So it's Yuri, and she says, Actually, Felix, there's something I'd like to say to you. The room goes quiet. Yeah. I came here chasing a spark, and since I've arrived at the mansion, I haven't felt anything. And Felix, you're a great guy, but there are certain qualities that I desire in a man which you don't possess. All right. So don't spend a rose on me. Don't you dare, motherfucker. She turns. Ladies, thanks for making my life in the mansion a dream. I love you all, and I wish you all the best. This is classy. And uh, in in the background, we see Bella. Mm-hmm who we have not talked about very much. Champagne, oysters, and dick. That's right, yes. She uh, she gives Yuri a one-woman standing ovation, which we love. Really beautiful. And Yuri wishes Felix the best and walks out. And she reveals a big white bow on the back of her dress. Yeah. Uh, as friend of the pod, Patrick Lenton, said in his recap, bow, bow, bow down, bitches. <laughs> I mean, he was in writing when he said it. So yeah, I think it made yeah. a lot more sense, to be honest. How Follow fucking us cool. on Instagram at bowpod. Oh, true. Maybe we should change it to a W just for this week. We won't. Yeah, you know, no. there's no way. Uh, how fucking good was this? If you're if you're gonna uh, like, and I've talked about, I don't like people self eliminating because yeah. it's not a great strategy. But this is exactly how to do it if you're gonna do it. Yeah, you want to make a statement. You want to make an impact. You want to mm-hmm. make yourself memorable. Fucking iconic shit. Truly Be genuine. Be great. Firm. Yes. Yeah, she was really good in this moment, and I think that in let's say. 20 years. Yeah. She's 31. Or she's 21, rather. So she'll be 41. Mm -hmm. She's talking to, let's say, hypothetically, her kids about what her time on TV was like. Yeah. She gets to be like, mum was a badass. Yeah. I told him to get fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. 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 So good. What a fucking incredible moment. Hell yeah. You love to see it. Yuri, uh, just to briefly talk about her Instagram... Um, oh, yeah. Talk about it. So she began with 1,175 followers on Instagram preseason. Uh, and at the time of recording is sitting at 1,482. So that's a gain of just 307. Um, but hopefully as people catch up with these episodes, I don't think a lot of people knew that this was on TV last night. Right. Let's yeah, talk about this that. This is the other part. Uh, so hopefully she'll see a bit more of an uptick in the future. We'll, we'll see. I mean, who knows at this point? But anyway, here's the roses. Felix picks Abigail. Thomas picks somebody called Lauren, who is still there. Lauren. Uh, Jed picks Angela. Felix picks Tilly. Thomas picks Kiki. Jed picks Tash. Felix picks Zara. Thomas picks Leah. And Jed picks Jasmine. But as Jasmine approaches him, she says, I think that throughout my time in the mansion here, I have been true to myself, Mm. been upfront, and I've stood my ground. 
And as much as I think you're a beautiful person, I can't accept the rose from you. Great. And Jed, to his credit, just says, that's totally fine. Yeah. He gives her a gentle kiss on the cheek and gets back down to business. And look, you know, I, I don't think that Jed ever really cared that much about Jasmine. No. I imagine there's probably like two to four people that he cares about kind of at all. <laughs> you know. You remember that Jed kind of like came back to give Jasmine a rose? I do. That's right. After their blind date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I saw some nut job saying like, oh, somebody told him to give her one. You no, know? I don't think that's Which true. Kind of think some kind of lunatic like me would come up. With. <laughs> uh you know, and so I don't want to give him too much undue credit sure. for, for 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 doing this, but or for not doing anything, I guess. Right. But like given the tantrums that we have seen from Felix on just about everything that's happened so far. And given the tantrum that we saw from Jed the first time that he got rejected. That's true. That's true. Is it growth? It was that phony baloney bullshit made up nonsense and this is real? I who knows? It's so hard to say. Um but he I feel like you know, when we talk about which one of these men... Because we're kind of tracking this throughout every episode we record. Yeah, like, which yeah. one of these three men we like the best. I feel like he is gradually earning little pieces of goodwill, like, episode by episode. Yep. And... I think they each are. Yeah. It's fascinating. But yeah. I agree that Jed is redeemed in this episode. Yeah. This is a good moment for him. So, Jasmine goes back to the podium to see if there might be another Rose waiting for her. Felix picks Naomi. Thomas picks Marjorie. Jed picks Courtney. And that leaves just the rose that Jasmine turned down, which technically was Jed's hating, waiting to be handed out. Mm. And then Thomas steps forward and he grabs it and he offers it to Jas- Jasmine. Now, Jasmine. We, we have to talk about this because this is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. Um, it seems to be, just based on this, if a rose is rejected on this season, if it, if it gets turned down at the rose ceremony it becomes available to any of the bachelors. Right. Which is very interesting. I kind of... This is the part that I expected, right? Right. Um, but it's it's interesting also that it's like, who get... Like, you know, if more than oh, one of yeah, them wants yeah. it, like, is it just the first one to grab it? You right, know? exactly. Are we going to be fighting for the rose at the end of the show? Or right. There the is deal? like an established plot reason in this yes. episode, which we... Which, you know... Is a contrivance, I guess. Right. Like, but you can imagine also them just going like, ha it's mine. I get another one. You it know? feels a bit like community chest in Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yes. But the other part is that we then see um, some of the women who are safe in this rose ceremony yeah. wondering aloud whether he's going to give it to Jasmine or to Marnie, who is right, also kind right. of on the chopping block. So that seems to imply that it's also a free-for-all in terms of who could get it. Who could possibly be receiving this? Because I thought the idea was like, if if you as a contestant mm. say no to the rose, mm. you are going back to hope that somebody else gives you the rose. Right. And the idea is to see whether somebody will give you that rose. That's right. But I didn't realize that that also gives everybody else another chance to That's get a rose. That's exactly right. It's almost like a second chance draw. Right. Which means it's an absolute wild card. Like, if you if you turn down a rose, any one of the bachelors could give it to anybody else or also conceivably to nobody at all. Fascinating. So, it's, this is riskier than yeah. I initially thought. Yeah. You know, the, the proposition of... And it makes what Jasmine does here even more interesting. Oh, Although, I, I wonder to what degree the rules of this were made clear to them. Oh, I don't think at all. Yeah, I think it's just a total gamble. It changes the gameplay significantly, but I don't know that anyone had really 
you thought about it? Yeah, and, and it's like appearing on the first season of something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like you, they, they will make up a rule for you right now, and that will be what the rule is. Yes. But you can't anticipate, you know? Without a doubt. It's, it's not so like It's not like when you go on Survivor and you're aware of, like, there's this kind of advantage, this kind of idol, these are the things in play. Right. I normally, you know, if it's this type of thing, I know how to handle that or whatever. Right, right. It's, it's uh, uncharted territory. This is brand new. Very this exciting. is a new advantage. Yes. It's very exciting, maybe only to me, but still. It's fascinating. Anyway, this marks our first ever switch. Jasmine is now in Thomas's group, and it will be really interesting Cohort, to see... Cohort, please. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're absolutely right. It'll be very interesting to see how this changes all of the dynamics going forward. We see a little bit of it on the next episode. I think it will continue to blossom, maybe. Mm. I actually am surprised by how little uh, blowback there is from everybody else. Well, oh, no, you know what? Wait until you find out. This is why Maxie's doing the recap for the second episode. But mm. anyway, so it's farewell to Jess Tomlinson. This is the other Jess. Other Jess. So this is the one who has been mostly edited out of this season due to mm. her upcoming surprise appearance on Married at First Sight. Um, although, even though she's been edited out to a pretty large degree, she is the first eliminated woman to be given an ITM after the rose ceremony. She's the first one who is able to sort of say her final goodbyes, you know, to the to the audience. Yeah. Um, she in in this footage, she says, "Jasmine, I think she just wants some airtime. I think she's as bad as Jess, to be honest." And it feels to me like this nasty comment may have been included by producers just to twist the knife oh, and definitely. make Jess seem unlikable on her way out. I think that's true. Like they, you know, they're they're I could believe mad that with very her. very easily. Right. This is barely a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, Jess began the season with 8,741 followers on Instagram, and now she's sitting at 9,520, which is a total gain of 779. Pretty wild. Um, not not too bad. I think it's one of the higher ones. Um, yeah. Well, it's the high. Yeah, it's the higher. But I also wonder. Does she's she been get getting the a Jess bit of, bump? Well, she's been getting a bit of press about this maps thing happening. Oh, you know? okay. Oh, do, were you thinking she's maybe just getting? People like, are searching people following Bachelor her Jess. Being confused and thinking it's the other Jess. Yeah. That could also be true. Because remember, the other Jess, if we don't count the uh, fake followers <laughs> who may have been ascribed to uh-huh. Tash and to... She would have been in Tash's first place. She would have been in first place. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good call. We also say farewell to Mani 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 Clippelt, who I described as looking exactly like Kristen Chenoweth. My- who bravely stood up to Tash immediately when she outed Jasmine's OnlyFans yeah, last episode. This. Yeah, I really liked Marnie. Yeah. Um, however, unfortunately, she made the crucial error that we saw in this episode, I'm sure you remember, of asking Thomas if he would like to go in the pool. Oh. I oh, think Thomas might be a dry boy. I think Thomas... I think Thomas may not like to get dunked. Doesn't want to get too wet. No. No submersion for old Melly Chelly. Wet for Thomas. I think I think that we may have to actually do that. It That's may, very good. yeah, it may be interesting for yeah. listeners who've never heard this show before and certainly weren't following along for Lachlan season of The Bachelor. Yeah, to know that there is a whole song called "Too Hot for Lucky." Full length, real song. Pretty, pretty funny. Pretty good, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So Marnie began this season with a substantial 11,498 Instagram followers and is leaving with 11,698. So no. that's exactly 200 new Not followers. Feels pretty low. Although I wonder, like, you know, she started with quite quite a few, right? So I wonder if maybe, 
she just doesn't care that much. You know, like she's like, eh, whatever, drop it in the bucket. Yeah. Or was she hoping to go from 11,000 to like 11 million? I feel like you know? you're always hoping when you're going on this show to get launched from 11,000 right? into the stratosphere. Surely, yeah. yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, that's pretty much the end. Thomas tells Jasmine that he's excited for what's ahead and ITMs that he's impressed by her bravery. Jasmine ITMs, she was prepared to walk out the door for what she believes, but this is the beginning of something exciting. It's the start of something new. It feels so right. What's that? To be here with you. It's High School Musical. It'll uh, become I had a important in just a moment. We're, we're preloading this. Yeah, great. Um, CJ is upset, meanwhile, um, that the extra Jed Rose ended oh up going God. to Jasmine. Um, and, and I'm with her in the sense that like there is a complete lack of clarity to the rules. Like, uh, yeah. If I was in this position, I'd be like, wait, what the fuck's going on? How does right. this whole work? You know? Um, but uh, yes, she ITMs that uh, Jasmine is realizing that the tension revolves a bit around Tash. And I don't know if she wants an extra five minutes of airtime or what, but she annoys me. And CJ and Tash sit at a couch and decry this as, quote, a load of shit. With Tash adding in ITM that Jasmine is, quote, changing guys like she changes her underwear. Once I assume that every means. Every four days. Once ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at this point now, yep. like twenty something years into her life, she is. Oh no, no, no! We know. Time. We learn later that she's been in a relationship at least once before. Oh, you're so right. okay, yes, twice, twice. Okay, cool. Uh, Jasmine is concerned about how this is going to shake up the mansion, which, of course, we saw some shaking tonight. Oh boy, did we not see the shaking as we begin our recap of The Bachelors Australia season ten episode five, and we resume. With the sun rising over the golden gold coast as a nameless bachelorette boots her suitcase down the stairs. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Thank you. I think they're all fake. She opined, making her way into what is probably a Subaru to join two other waiting women. BMWs this season. Are they Beamers? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, that's where the budget's going? Maybe that's where it's gold. It's very gold coast, I feel like. Yeah, I guess so. We cut immediately to the batch pad as Osha enters and pulls Jed and Thomas for a two-on-one date. Hang on a sec. What? Nope. Is that what happened? He sits them down for a serious discussion in the same way that you might sit down a child to explain sex or a deceased pet or the 22 essential vitamins and minerals inside <laughs> an isogenics ice shake. Yours right. for the low, low price of a lifetime by the side of Thomas Malucelli. Oh, what a price to pay. Osha says Nothing that's the first time that someone has had to refuse a rose, but then not had to leave right away. Okay. Which we're making history here on yeah. the Bachelor. <laughs> right, right, right. If you ask me, is giving like Poochie died on the way back to his home planet vibes? <laughs> in any case, we then hear from Jed in ITM who says, It's up to the girls to decide who they want to be with, and I have to respect their decision. Mm-hmm. Firstly, how funny is this? That is quite funny because it's clearly the opposite of the truth. It is the opposite of the truth, but then also you think about episode one, and he's like, I thought I was making the choices. Right, right, right. The The show is trying to show us a change of tune, some growth, after being rejected in episode one by beautiful Caitlin. Yes. Osha continues, Marjorie, Tash Candice, and CJ all chose to leave the mansion in protest. They were very stringent that they wanted to leave immediately. Now we cut back to the women in the mom van shouting things like, 
Bye, bitches. And also, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Zavi. Pretty funny. They appear to have tried to stage a coup. A literal January 16th in protest of Jasmine's Jexit. <laughs> Jedzit? Is that what's happened here? Jedzit? There are so many like far-right parallels to unpack here. True. How are you feeling as you're watching this? I think it's very funny that... Um, I remember seeing a lot of ads and teasers and next time on and stuff like that. that yeah. Were like three women, a shock exit, you know, there'll be a massive exodus or whatever. And then it basically happens almost entirely off camera. And then they're just gone within the first 10 minutes it's of the episode. Wild. I reckon even less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And they've, gone. they've been disappeared, you know, they literally like they've been disappeared from the show. The show does not want to give them any more airtime except for Tash who will come back. Right. So one of them is going to come back and we're pretty sure it's going to be Tash. Yeah. But... Again, it's like, I don't know whether we should, like, I don't have the Instagram stats on these people or whatever right now, because I'm like, well, they might come. You know, it was not like a formal farewell. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, well, bye, you know. This bizarre And it's not like CJ or... um, Marjorie. Marjorie really got a very comprehensive amount of character detail. No, exactly. I've been getting Marjorie and Marnie confused every time you brought them up. Marjorie and Marnie is a tough one. I also get CJ and Marjorie confused because they look quite similar. In fact, they're all Thomas's women. Yeah. Except for Tash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas knows how to pick them. This is very confusing for Jedsmas. <laughs> Jedsmas? What do you want for Jedsmas? Oh. Anyway, Jed says... wonderful time of the year. I would love some drums. <laughs> We're getting you an indoor set. We're getting oh. you indoor drums for this Jedsmas. Right, because all I have is my one that I left out in the woods. That's we'll right. get to it. Jed says they didn't want to say goodbye. And Thomas says, did they leave a message? <laughs> Believe it or not, Marjorie and Tash and And CJ CJ isn't at home. Please leave a message. To which Osha replies, nope. Nope. This was really funny. They're like, oh, they didn't, hang on, they didn't leave a message or anything? Nope. Nope. It's so blunt. (laughs) So fucking good. Before we then hear Tash explain. This is a redemption for for Osha, actually, who did some quite bad acting in the last couple of episodes. And here he's like, no, sorry. <laughs> great naturalistic. Sorry, bloke. Yeah. It's really good. We'll get some there's some interesting Osha content later in this episode, mm-hmm. but we need to first hear Tash explain her departure for herself in ITM. She says, we've all had enough of Jasmine being a bitch. Oh, no. Oh, can you believe it? <laughs> Jasmine. And don't you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's just been unbearable. And she does says in... The amount a- of being a bitch that she's doing has really exceeded... <laughs> The maximum, you know, level that, that I can really put up and I'm with. wondering, Xavier, if you know from this first sentence who is being a bitch and who's not being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Because it gets made clearer in just a second. Well, far be it from me to call anybody a bitch. Okay, okay, okay. You bitch. <laughs> Max. <laughs> in an ultimate act of irony, she then says, I'm not being a bitch. She's being a bitch. Oh! I mean, how do you come back from that? I don't think there's any way to come back from that because yeah. you have excused yourself yeah. and recused yourself of any <laughs> accountability and you've said, you're a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. We hear Thomas say in ITM, Jasmine has something special in her heart. Again, okay. this man. Is this like a medical problem? <laughs> Does she have a pacemaker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Claiming that he gave her a rose over the other women from his quote-unquote cohort. Because he respects her for being true to her heart. Oh, that's so sweet. It's really lovely yeah. of him. Osha continues somberly. Obviously, the tone at the mansion has shifted dramatically after such a big shock. Mm-hmm. 
We cut immediately back to the mansion. We might as well be dancing like around the maypole. Yeah, everybody's having a fucking whale of a time. We are having a baking day. Yeah. Everyone is giggling. <laughs> Naomi They're says... They're tickling each other. Everyone's tickling each other. Yeah. Naomi says, no more drama. And Belle... There's confetti. There's like a mariachi band who have entered <laughs> the scene. There's like elephants yeah, parading yeah, through the street. Yeah, for some reason. Right. Yeah. We see this dramatic irony bait and switch on oh, the show sure, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never hear but it from Osh. It yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Osh is like, oh, everything's, you know, it's a bit yeah, different. Yeah, things are getting serious now. You know, we're in the meat of this uh, season, you know. But the show takes a beat and it's yeah. really fucking funny and it's effective. And I like that they've used Osha in this moment as unintentional comic relief. couple of good comedy moments in this episode. Yeah. We now cut away to a basketball-themed single date between Jessica and Felix. <laughs> basketball-themed? It's they a basketball-themed. basketball. Well, do yeah. we, though? Well, do we? I don't know. You recap the episode. They shared their first dance in a shed somewhere, and now they're reenacting the last dance on a big basketball court. Oh, that's the documentary, right? It's about the Michael basketball. Jordan documentary about basketball. Pretty good. Right here. Yeah. Uh, but they'll save the dunking for later, Zave. <laughs> that's true. Because we're crossing over. You lost me with that one. Both a basketball move and the name of the John Edwards show. Oh, John Edwards. <laughs> That's where you're going. Okay. Into musical theater. Jess knows the whole high school musical dance. Like the movie? The entire movie? She knows she the, knows dance the moves big to the whole... dance for like, we're all in this together. Right, okay. And yes. so they're doing like one, two, three, four. We're all in this. But they don't sing together. it. It's license free. She, she sings it. Wait, does she? I mean, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I promise you. Um, anyway, Jess like teaches Felix. It's giving less like um, get your head in the game and more like what I've been looking for. Okay, I have seen this movie. This is this is such a fun moment for us where I am fully outclassed in remembering and making references to a movie. Yes, it's this really is actually good. kind of like an incredible moment for this podcast. It's also lovely. Yeah, right that that she and and Felix are bonding over this weird like she's into high oh, school yeah. musical. Yeah, yeah. It, I really like it. It's anyway, nice. We sit down in the bleachers. And it's fun that it's like, this is her way into basketball, which is such yeah. a big thing for him. Exactly, you know? because basketball is such a significant part of that movie. Yeah. It's great. You said that like it might not be true, but it is. No, right? it is. Isn't it's it? really true. Yeah. Like, go so, Wildcats. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we all sit down in the bleachers, and Jess wants to give Felix some reassurance on her situation with her outside open relationship boyfriend, Damien. Right. And to clear the air, he's 33 and he's from Townsville. Yes. And Felix goes, I feel like we've never had the chance to chat about the whole Damien situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Damien guy means a lot to you. Yeah. This fucking guy. This Damien guy. Mm-hmm. What do you got to say? So he, he then says, if we were to get together at the end of this, is that something I would have to factor in? Right. And so it just says... I don't want two boyfriends at the end of this. Oh, can I just quickly? Yeah, please. Uh, he what doesn't he say like, wouldn't would it be sort of no strings attached, or would there be like you know multiple sexual partners or something? Oh yeah, he definitely does say that. Yeah, which is like super creepy, weird. If you ask me, I just feel like focusing on the sexual partners thing. I guess I don't know. It's we like yeah. It's he's impli- got this weird it, thing about purity, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, for one thing, it's implying that he's expecting to have sex with her, which like may oh, be true on a subconscious level yeah. or something. But like, or you know, like I guess in some way it's somewhat realistic about thinking about the future potential of a relationship or whatever. Yeah. 
but also like just hearing him articulate it that way, it's another one of those things where I'm just like, you can't just fucking go out and ask it, you right. know? Right. It's like, what's that Mean Girls quote about like you can't ask somebody why they're from Africa or whatever? Like, right. It's just like you. There's a better way to do this. So, uh, Jess is like, I don't want two boyfriends at the end of this. Damien and I got together knowing it probably wasn't going to be a long-term thing. Before she's then interrupted by Felix, I feel like quite abruptly, mm. saying, would you say you have commitment issues? Very odd. Very, very, very odd. Really weird. This is another thing that got my cankles up. Yeah. And you know I hate it when my cankles are up. I want them as low as possible. You would prefer it if you were cankless. I want them, I want them deep underground. Mm. I don't Mole get this. cankles. What is he doing here? Mm. Do you have commitment issues? This is a man who You're is trying bachelor. to seem like he is not being judgmental. This is he's a man who has spent the last episode talking about how he's really turned over a new leaf. Who has he's seen commitment things issues? With new who respectful, among us? You know, eyes. And so his first bad. question to this woman is like, "Okay, but like you can only root one of us, right? <laughs> and by the way, um, you don't have fucking pro- like psychological problems. Is there do some you? problem? You don't have a character. What's flaw, going do you? on? Like, am I not hotter than him or whatever? Like, yeah, it's fucked up. Anyway, Jess coming is from no, a very weird place. Jess is like, no, I'm cautious. I just want to be sure that I really like the person before I fully commit. And then Felix interrupts her again. Mm. I really didn't like this. He mm. goes." How long does that usually take? Yeah. How long is a fucking piece of string? Right. There's no right answer to that question. And I don't know what he's looking for. Neither do I. The, the answer that Jess gives is like, honestly, it could take any amount of time, but usually like three or four months, hmm. which is awful that she has to be put in this position to answer this question to begin with. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't really matter what she says. It's just that she's being forced to say something. Right. Exactly. And that answer, the three to four months, does seem to be like a big deal to Felix. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, we then hear him say in ITM, I'm not 100% confident about it, but I am 90% confident. And I think that that extra 10% gives me enough to play with. It feels like a man who is dragging this woman along. Yeah. Like he's a dummy. And particularly, I mentioned this before, it just, it still feels like he is like, well, I, I don't want to get rid of her just based on that. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, ex- yeah. I feel like that is a very reasonable way to interpret the move here because he then invites her back to the batch pad and Jess talks about how she might be excited to kiss Felix after this because she is radically after four episodes one of the last women to kiss Felix yeah we move on to our date between Thomas and Kiki right which begins on a roller coaster that we spend all of like six seconds on. Oh, I have to, I have to correct you. It, it, it actually begins on the slingshot, uh, which Please. is in the on the Gold Coast. Uh, I don't know what the street is, but I walked past it, and there was a big long ride, and it was quite expensive to go on. It is a standalone ride that is just in the middle of fucking it, like Cavab or something. Yeah, what's that? Cavill Avenue. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the main strip of the Gold Coast. Probably then. Yes. Sure. Yeah, and it's it's this thing that sort of towers above. I mean, there's lots and lots of very tall buildings around there, but you just hear people screaming from the middle of the street. Oh, Jesus. And, um, yeah, almost almost went on it, and then I realized there is almost nothing I would like to do less in my entire life than go up there. It looks awful, yeah. right? And but so they're what, having a great time. They have a it's, really really it's good ride time. Ride City this season on the Bachelor. Let me tell you, the Gold Coast full of rides. As yeah. it turns out, come to Queensland, we got the rides. Yeah, and you will be taken for a ride by one of these three quite bad men. <laughs> Truly, and what we hear in ITM is that Thomas says, I came in here not wanting to date someone that had children. Mm. You are allowed your proclivities. Sure. But also, like, 
for him to have been thinking about it prior to coming on the show really yeah. feels weird to me. It's right? Because it's, it's like odd. the idea of The Bachelor, in my eyes anyway, is that they're going to present you with a whole bunch of different types of people. Right, exactly. And obviously, they're not really all different types of people. But like in my in my view, the platonic ideal of The Bachelor, right, is you pick somebody who is like anybody would want to be with to be the lead. Yep. And then you present that person with a whole bunch of different types of people from different backgrounds and different walks of life, different levels of life experience. Realistically, you're getting variations on a theme. Right. Which, and the theme is like beautiful white woman. Right. Exactly. Let's so this say. is, this is, is, it's all part of the, the fucking lie, man. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so you think about Shinazana. Sure. Yes. Good example. Who had a child. Right. And it's wild. Like Sam Wood was just like, okay, cool. You know what? Right. I didn't expect this. I didn't understand this, but this is my person. And we don't need all of the leads or all of the people who come onto this show to uh, want to and be ready to like force themselves into the life of somebody who has a child or whatever. Right, exactly. Because but... a lot of the time that's not a good idea. But for you to be thinking specifically when you apply or when you sign on the dotted line to become the lead of this show that, oh, I really hope none of them have kids... Yeah, he calls it a deal breaker. Right. Which is bizarre to me. And yeah. what we hear him say then to Kiki is, yesterday I found out, yesterday I found out oh, that no. you had children. Obviously, that's big news. Yeah, he says accent. like something awkward happened yesterday and then yeah. they flash back to it. They show it in sepia tone of like her revealing that she has children. He's like, awkward. <laughs> Oops. He's like, he's fucking Kevin James in The King of Queens or something. Yeah. Like, anyway, Jess, it turns out, has been in a 12 year marriage. Mm-hmm. She has an 18 year old son mm-hmm. and a nine year old daughter mm-hmm. and is now single. Cool. It happens. That's how people's lives happen. Sometimes lives happen in exactly this way. And Thomas says, I'm in a position where I want to have children and I want to have my own experience. And it's like, well, you can't have that? Let you me break I mean? it down like, for you, please, buddy. Because it seems like he does not want to be the stepfather to two children. You still get to root. <laughs> This is kind of Let it, me unlock right? this for you. You're still allowed. And so he puts it to Kiki and he's like, would you have more kids? She's and like, I hadn't really thought about it. Right. She's right? like, she she says she doesn't know. That's a big commitment and something that you would discuss more with the person that you're in a relationship with when the time is right. And what's fascinating about this is that we then hear this confessional from Thomas where he says, I plan to propose at the end of this mm. with the right girl. He has been presented with the ring. And now he's like, my plan is to propose. Yeah, I guess he's really internalized that. The huh? conditioning really on him. has really worked on Thomas because mm. he's like, as long as it's the right girl, I plan to propose. Yeah, yeah. Which is just fucking wild. And then he talks about Kiki and he says, you know, even before asking the question, I kind of felt like I knew that the answer would be no, that she might not have wanted to have more kids, but I wanted to ask the question I anyway. wonder if he's fishing for a reason to send her home. Kind of, right? Like, he's talking about what his deal-breakers are. That's the thing. He's described this as a deal-breaker, but yet he's keeping her there. Exactly. Which I think means, like, he's waiting for one more thing so that maybe he he doesn't seem like his deal-breaker is that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it feels like a parallel with Felix in that way. Right, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so they finish their, like, weird slingshot part of the date. And yeah. Thomas says, that was the first part. It was all about action. I've pumped you up. And now... I'm going to let you down. It's very, there's a lot of insight into, uh, <laughs> into himself here, you know? Not what he says. 
Um, so I feel like that single date kind of peters out. Is that the end of it, or do we cut away and then back? We will cut back to the end of this single date. Okay. But, gee whiz, we have a something, whole single date to talk about Something now. very exciting is about it to happen. It's just so because fucking Jed, funny. Because Jed has poured his heart and his, uh, his soul and his brain, and he's put so much work into planning the ultimate date for who is clearly the front runner, I think, for him, Definitely. Alicia. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you would have to work pretty hard to convince me that he's even really interested in anybody else. Anybody else, point, given right? that Tash has left, right, and Jasmine has left him, and I don't think Tash was really a thing anyway. Right. To be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fucking fascinating. It's what happens all here. systems go for Alicia, and so he has taken her on a single date. Uh, we don't even learn that it's her for a minute, though. Yeah. Because what we see is a dark and brooding forest with some, like, smoke machines, like, wafting a it's little... It's so fucking funny. I can't even describe to you how haunting this scene was. But right. So, so basically, he says, like, the girl that I've invited here is really special to me. I've invited her to meet me in the middle of the forest. Yep. Hopefully, she can find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's giving, like, the third Harry Potter book. Yes. It's also giving, like, haunting and hilarious. Like, Get Out has nothing on this. I thought for sure, from the tiny little clips that we had seen mm. prior to these, this actually being broadcast, from the tiny little, like, next time on or whatever, yeah. when we showed a little bit of this, that this was going to be, like, truly, like, haunted mansion. Like, oh, we have yeah. to stay overnight somewhere spooky. Or, like, uh, Movie World does, like, horror nights during uh, Halloween or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. where they do, like, spooky mazes and people dress up as witches and shit. And but like... instead, listener, you've got a friend who's in a metal band. I promise you that you do. Think of that person. Yeah, picture that person. And then imagine that they went to the forest and made a film clip, and that is what this That's is. That's the exact aesthetic, I would say. Right? Like, yeah. the smoke is billowing. Except, you know what? There's a lot of, like, bright bright gel colored lighting yes like so in a way that i think this it. metal band maybe would be a little bit cooler than this yeah fuck man your friend who's in a metal band actually rules and we we like them <laughs> i mean obviously we do yeah. you know um but there's like yeah there's weird nightmare before christmas light bulbs set up to this like pseudo pentagram annexing drum kit sort of situation yes yes it's and so wild. what's happened is some poor uh underpaid intern or pa or whatever has been some person, or p- perhaps many people have some been producer. forced into dragging Jed's drum kit and a whole bunch of lighting and smoke and whatever out into the middle of the woods just so he can do his dream date, which is him drum playing roll, drums please. in the woods. <laughs> him Fuck, playing it's drums so in the fucking woods. funny. Like he's wearing a kimono. Yes, that's and true. And he was wearing a kimono in the last episode, also. Yeah, we could argue, right? We live in the post-Kim Kardashian skims world. Mm-hmm. She tried to call that brand Kim Ono. <laughs> is that true? That's funny. That's really true. She tried to trademark the phrase. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is culturally appropriative dressing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't think very much about kimonos, really. But yes, it's true. I this mean... is the, the, the lens, right? It mm. is so associated with traditional Japanese dress. Mm. And... The way that he describes himself moving forward for me is colored through this lens. Like, yeah. you will find articles in, I was reading articles today on CNN and Vogue about how exactly the kimono has been appropriated by white people right. over time. It, it's just one of those things where I was like, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah. You, anyway, look, um, Jed says, I want to show her 
that it's not just me whacking a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Which, how does he do that exactly? It's very hard How does to he say. convince her? No, no, tell me, because we watched it. Okay, what he right. does is he whacks a bunch of he stuff. He sure does. He goes... <laughs> How long will people listen to me doing that, I wonder? <sighs> he says, over a few years it has been quite tough getting people to accept me for who I am and I want Alicia to see who I am tonight. Oh yeah, he sa- so he says... I want to show what my first love is, and that's the drums. They gave me confidence as a child. They gave me my purpose in life. They helped me find who I am as a man, with the way that I dress, with just everything. I sleep with my drumsticks every night, so this is why I need to find a wife. That is cooked. (laughs) It's pretty funny. I sleep with my drumsticks every night. Yeah. I really believe it. Like, I think that he's like, these are my emotional There's like three things to this guy's personality, and we know what what they are, you know? Mm. So suddenly Jed's doing the thing where he's then teaching Alicia how to play the drums. Right. If you see this again, yeah. And it's cute and fine. What was the joke that we were workshopping about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were both So we were both watching this episode and I was trying to do tweets and you were trying to write the recap. That's right. And both of us have had a long day and it's been quite exhausting. Mm. But I think at this point I just yelled out drum and drummer. Yes. <laughs> and neither of us could figure out exactly how to put that <laughs> into anything. But it fits. It fits. Mm. Anyway, we're sharing about our lives. Alicia says that she likes Jetty's get up. Yes. And he oh, this starts is so getting good. so emotional because he's like, oh. I have this quote here. He says, it means a lot that you compliment my outfits. In yeah. past relationships, I've had to dull myself down to whatever my partner's expectations are. Right. I've never been able to fully express myself. Yeah, he says, uh, I had a tough time being a straight man that dresses flamboyantly. Oh, bro. I Like, I get it to a certain extent. I guess so. Like, like sure, straight men who dress flamboyantly shouldn't get picked on. Sure, right? And as, let me say, as a straight dude who sometimes dresses in a flamboyant way, mm-hmm. sometimes I walk down the street and some dude, I don't know, rolls down their car window in their Holden Commodore yeah. and is like, you're a slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like fucking like get lost you. I don't firstly, I don't care. I well, feel yes. happy and confident within myself. But secondly, like think about how good that I have it. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. Like it, I'm a fucking just like, fine straight dude. Yes. And and again, it's the same thing of Jed like putting himself into the the uh lower finding a way to be from some kind of persecuted minority class yeah. when he's not really. Yeah. You know, he's a wealthy, attractive, skinny, able-bodied, uh, you know, whatever. Like, it's pretty funny in that way. And so Alicia, like, kind of detects what he's going for. Hmm. She's like, have you been bullied? Yeah. And Jed says the most obvious yes of my lifetime. Yeah, he says my whole life. Which and I guess is what we're doing now. Are honestly, we the problem? Like, I give the most obvious good of my lifetime. Mm. Like, I, I'm being facetious, but also, I don't, like, you should be able to express yourself how you want. But if you are going to do an unbelievably cringe full moon vampire porn drum solo on <laughs> national television, then fucking maybe the universe, maybe the planet moon is telling you something. Mm. Yeah. This continues being a very cursed interaction, mm. very weird single date where, um, you know, he's talking about how he got picked on or whatever. And uh, 
you know, she she relates to this. Alicia shares her trauma. Right. So which is a vastly different trauma. Exactly. So Jed is like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why would you get bullied? I don't understand or whatever. And she says, well, my brother's got Down syndrome. Changes the tenor entirely. And when I say trauma, maybe it's struggle. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. she didn't really go into a huge amount of de- depth about it. And she mo- mainly talked about it from her perspective. Right, exactly. You know, and was saying like... Um, her parents wanted her to uh, go to a school with him and sort of uh, help him speak uh, for him. Right, speak for him is I think what 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 she said. Yeah, and um, that's a lot to carry. Yeah, it's a lot to put on a young kid. And, yeah, um, you know, I'm sure she was happy to do it and everything. But like, yes, it's very complicated, and you can imagine people seeing that as a target. Because people see, you know, someone with Down syndrome or somebody with another kind of, you know, Certainly. disability or whatever. Any point of difference is basically something that can be used. It's a free for all, particularly as children. Right, uh, but it, there's a there's a world of difference between some, you know, I've being chosen to either having Down yeah, syndrome or, or yeah. being the relative of somebody with Down syndrome who is helping to care for them, and being somebody who wears crazy pants. You know, <laughs> fucking a. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's kind of it, right? Like Jed says that his brother. So yeah, this is the other crazy friend. thing is that she's like, oh yeah, well my brother had Down syndrome, so like it was quite complicated for us growing up or whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, I also have a brother. <laughs> like, it's just thing. wild. He's like, yeah, my brother's my best friend. He used yeah. to reapply my eyeliner when I'd been crying. Right. Exactly. I, mm, bizarre. Bizarre. And this then we not, get this beautiful not an, confessional. We're not equating these two things, you know? Like yeah, there is a, a complete level of difference there. But I think Alicia feels that he's trying to make the connection, that is trying to be authentic, and the show presents it as such. Yeah. But then we get this from Jed, which is through tears. The producer asks, what would you tell your younger self? And it is the second attempt that we have had at this question from Jed in this season. We are five episodes in. Yeah. And this time they crack him, right? He says, I'd tell my younger self that you can actually wear an outfit like this. You can't. You can't. It is cultural appropriation. Oh, well, if it's a kimono, then yeah, probably not. You can't, right? And have a beautiful woman who likes you. And you can play the drums. <laughs> He's talking about four-year-old Jed, right? Yeah. Four-year-old Jed, 20-whatever-he-is Jed, can't wear that outfit. Mm. He's wrong. But also, like, this is not... I don't know. This is a kid who is going to grow up to be fine. You know what I mean? Oh, like, fucking A. There was no... This, this kid isn't experiencing a great deal. Of, I mean, I don't know anything about his early life. No, I'm just yeah. like, this is the other part. Like, growing something... up in the country is, I suppose, different. Maybe. I don't know. Yes, so. Yes, that's true. I and mean, We should remember that. But also, like, this is something that gets... that 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 uh, They do it on RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Yeah. Where they bring out, like, the picture of themselves as the, uh, when they were younger. And, and it... Uh, like towards the end of the season and RuPaul offers them the opportunity to sort of speak to their younger self or whatever. Yes. And in that situation, you're talking about like usually like a young disadvantaged kid who is like figuring out that they're queer and not like other kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. And there is, you know, there are people from all sorts of different backgrounds, but like you are talking about somebody who really has a long way to go in their life and you can really sense that they are coming from a place where they need to be told that or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Whereas like the young Jed, he's just Jed. You know? Yeah, he's, he's the kid. same as the old Jed. He's some kid who's like, oh, I might start playing drums someday or whatever, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I understand. I don't sense it's, it's not from the same... It feels different in the same way that, like... In the same way that it doesn't feel authentic for me to be like, yeah, I'm a straight dude walking down the street who sometimes dresses flamboyantly, yeah. who someone might sometimes yell something at. <sighs> anyway, the Thomas and Kiki date resumes... Kiki uh, says that Thomas has promised to fill up her cup. Thomas promise? 
Thomas promise mm-hmm. to fill up her cup. The Kiki cup. It's fascinating. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be a massage date. Is That's what's right. happening here yes. with a diffuser and essential oils. And Thomas sort of like tries to play this up. He's like, "Your masseuse will be Italian." And Kiki says, this "How is pretty many cute. years I'm of experience say does he funny. have?" Yeah, pretty cute. But then this is where Thomas just falls apart. How many years of experience does he have? That's yeah. right. Yeah, and he goes, "A lot, all of them." <laughs> Come on, dude. Play more just playfully. A man with no fucking charisma, you know? Yeah, like a lot. I've got. He's got a lot of experience. He's got all of the years of experience, of as them, it turns yeah. out. When he was four, he was massaging thirty-eight-year-old women. Yeah. If he could go back in time and talk to his four-year-old self, he would say, "Like, whoa, <laughs> slow down with all that massaging you're doing, buddy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get like uh, hand gout. Yeah, my yeah. hands are still slippery. Don't, Thirty years later, or whatever. Don't get me hand gouty. What are you saying? Anyway, the music during this massage is so farty. Oh, yeah. Really weird farty score here. Like, the bass wave is so square that it's two diagonals <laughs> bisect each other at right angles. <laughs> good. Good, good. Anyway, this is where Kiki, uh, look, the massage finishes. Whatever. It's nothing. Thomas mm. is like, how is the massage? And Kiki's like, look, if it doesn't give me energy, inspiration, or orgasm, it doesn't belong in my life. It's crazy. That's crazy. Go off. What about like... No, I guess... I mean, some things I suppose can serve a utilitarian purpose. Yeah. Like, what about like cheese? Gives you energy though. Oh, that's true. It's true. Food gives you energy. Yeah, I was thinking of food too. Clearly, we've been recording this podcast too long. (sighs) What about like a car? Does it give you energy? Inspiration? No. Orgasm? Probably not. Perhaps not. But do you go vroom vroom and is that energy in any way? Maybe she doesn't. Anyway, here's Maybe what she doesn't have a car. This is right. Maybe this would fix my life. Maybe this is actually really good advice. Yeah. I'm just you know looking what? for a way to make you fun of it on my sell podcast. your car. Yeah, you're right. That car I definitely have. That one. It's on the market. Yeah. Listeners, hit me up. But they kiss and it's slow. It's nice, I think. And in ITM, Thomas says, this wasn't the usual kiss. There was lots of love and curiosity we finished our single date in an absolute bubble of love. This wasn't the usual kiss, like the ones that Felix has been doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Finally, Felix and Jess arrive back at the batch pad. (laughs) I forgot about this. This is so good because Felix does not know how to make a cup of tea. Okay. Do you believe it? Yes. You believe he does not know how to make a cup of tea? Fuck yeah. I believe it because he's been nothing but honest throughout this whole show. Yes, but also, like, this is one of the stupidest things I've ever observed a human being. Like, this is... So, it's this is so stupider funny. than the Ivan than the avocados. avocado. Is it Ivan? Sorry, Ivan. Yeah, the avocados in a blender thing to make because he was yeah. reading a recipe that said put the avocados in the blender, and he made an honest. Albeit pretty fucking stupid mistake. Yep. But he was following a recipe. Whereas this guy, how can you not just intuit how to make I know. tea? I know. You don't need to be an expert. You're aware of what happens, like culturally, through osmosis. But this is so funny, right? Like there he are, goes, does there it is go in one a microwave? <laughs> how can you get it wrong? I don't it's understand. So funny. He's presenting all these options of things that he might think. Is how tea happens. How aggressively do you dunk this? He says, you are a basketball player. (laughs) 
I just don't. I don't believe. I think he's playing it up. I think maybe he's not a confident tea brewer. Okay. And maybe some of these are bits. I think. I think the how how hard do I dunk it is a bit. I think from here mm. we now get into bit territory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's very weird, actually. The whole thing is actually really weird. Mm. So because it, it, they just walk in. And they go, oh, so you're not a Prosecco drinker or whatever? That's right. Which I yeah. guess they were talking about Prosecco at some point, I maybe? guess because you go back to the batch pad and you have a wine. They said, yeah, they said they're gonna, we're going to go back home and have a couple of drinks. And sure. so maybe there's some Prosecco already on the on ice for them, waiting for them to walk in. And she's going, I'm actually not really in the mood, or that's not really my cup of tea or whatever, so to speak. Mm, um, and so then, but but then to lead into it, he goes, oh, you're a tea drinker? Like, she's some subclass of human right, beings. Right, right. Oh, you're in an open can't. relationship and you're a tea drinker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she goes, like, I'm thinking, like, usually, like, green or maybe English breakfast tea. He goes, well, we've got English breakfast, but I don't know how to make it. She goes, you don't know how to make it? He goes, no. We cut to an ITM. Producer says, why don't you know how to make a cup of tea? And he says, I have never in my life been called upon to make a cup of tea. Makes sense to me. Does it? That makes sense to me in the weirdest way. But even then, it's still like, isn't tea like just a thing? Well... I can't wrap my head around this. uh, Sometimes I'll play dumb for a bit or something, but I truly can't imagine how... The man's 30... What is he? He's like 28, but still... What is going on? Like... I feel, but I feel like I was like 27 when I tried soup for the first time. That's that, is that real? Yes. But you know what soup is. I know what soup is, but I don't know what soup's made of, and I don't know how to cook soup until I do it for the first time. Mm, how, it's, it that feels different because soup is not like there is the object that you buy. Yeah. Which is tea, and then you have that object and you put water in it. That's it. You I can do other stuff. You can put sugar in it. You can put milk in it. Whatever. Nobody's asking that of him at this point. No. He is, his lack of understanding does not extend to milk or sugar. We don't get to that point. No. He is aware that tea exists. He has some in the house and he can name it. But he can't wrap his head around what happens to it to turn it into the thing. I get even it. Even though you've seen tea, right? I have seen tea also, like, but I get it. This makes sense to me on a weird brain level. We might never, we might never, we might never and get this And this isn't this because straight. I like Felix. This is just because this is an impulse that I understand where sometimes a thing is presented to me that some people will be like, how do you not know how to do this? Yeah. And I'll be like... I get that. I've never encountered it before. You know, I'm not the person to be like, oh my God, you've never seen Star Wars? What's wrong with you? You have to sit down you and watch know, it right now or whatever. Uh, if you like pina coladas? Right. That's happened to me before. It's hard to think of anything that is more basic <laughs> yeah. than tea. I get it. I can't piece it together. It's go- I'm going crazy. Okay, but there's also like multiple types of tea situations, right? Like, you know how you have like the weird little pot cup thing that you put a, some tea buds in is he saying okay is he saying i've got english breakfast but i don't know how to make it is he maybe saying i know how to make some tea but not english breakfast no maybe charitably i'm no. gonna give him that leeway no, no i don't think that's true i just think he doesn't know how to make tea is it he actually knows how to brew a tea bag he doesn't know what the situation is in the house with like teapot or strainer or whatever. So he's like, I'm not sure how we're going to make this tea. Oh, well, no, because but he then he the learns microwave. that it is a tea bag. He knows that a microwave could be involved. It makes which things you can hot. use to warm up a cup of tea that's already been it's made. Been, but you don't ever put a tea bag in a microwave that could blow up. 
I mean, you might be right. I have no idea. I don't know either. We're going to keep talking about this for as long as we need to. So he knows that a kettle is involved, right? No, I don't think he does. You don't think he does? I don't think he knows that a kettle's involved because he keeps asking about the microwave. And then he goes like, because he boils the kettle. So I guess he does know that, that a kettle's involved. Yeah. And he also says you put it in some sort of cup. So he's aware of the cup being involved. This is wild. Yeah. It's so wild to me. But okay. I think when he says, does it go in the microwave? That's the joke. And then he's like, that, that, that. Now he has all the other tea jokes. I can think of how hard do I dunk it, you know? Right. Okay. So what happens next is that Felix is very sensually sipping his tea. That's right. And it's working for Jess. Yeah. And, and it's t- kind of working for him too. I like this from the both of Look, them. Look, this is fun. And you it's know playful. what? On some level, this is the same thing as Jed freaking out on the roller coaster yeah. and Alicia kind of laughing at him. Yeah. Like it's exposing a weakness. It's just that I can't believe this weakness or whatever. And Jess is even struggling to regain her composure. Oh, and like as a she, man with absurd weaknesses, this makes so much she sense She looks to me. directly into the camera at one point while he's doing a big comedy sip. Yep. And that's pretty charming. It's really charming. Like, for somehow he actually does manage to stick the landing he on this date. This. Which I think is almost more surprising than his complete lack of awareness with how tea works. It's really good. It's, it's really, phenomenal. really good. And so basically like... He then in ITM is like... The fact that they've managed to turn tea into an event. A plot point. You know? It's really good. He doesn't know how to do it. It's so fucking fascinating. Right. And I remember this more than whatever else happened on this single day. Exactly. Right? So then he says in ITM, have we realized that I'm not the smoothest dude on earth yet? Yeah. I'm starting to come to that realization. (laughs) I don't know if I've made that clear yet. Yeah. I will say pot kettle, but I don't know that you know (laughs) what one of them is. Exactly. Or the other one, in fact. Right. Um, he also uh, says, Siri, play some Marvin Gaye, which is quite funny. And then some really bad, tacky, license-free, standard Bachelor background music, like funky sex jam, uh, starts playing, yeah. which I believe is by the artist Marvin Strait. <laughs> Let's get it off. Yeah, exactly. Really yes. good. <laughs> and so then they make out. Sure. I think this is maybe softer than his previous make out with... I agree. I think he learned. Uh, well, maybe he, maybe he learned, or maybe this is growth. Maybe it speaks to the different relationships between Felix and Jess, and Felix and Tilly. <laughs> Tilly, we got That's there. Right. Yeah, because Tilly's the one who is like chewing half her face off. Exactly. Yeah, maybe she's he sees. Like, Slow down. Maybe he sees uh, Jess as like a fragile little creature or whatever. Yeah, and or it's like funny. if I make out with her too hard, then like her other boyfriend will notice and come and bash me or whatever. That's right. Is we'll, that like, the vibe? I don't know. We'll wait for for next episode for that to happen. Yeah. But what happens here is that like they make out and Jess says, I really enjoyed the kiss, but I have a lot of subconscious guilt because I have someone at home and that someone is Damien. He's 33. He lives in Doomba or Townsville. Who can Townsville. Say? The city of Townsville. Anyway, and then we land at a group date, the final date for this episode of the BOH pod. The fellas are just casually kicking back, just waiting for the girls to arrive. And they're doing it by sitting like 10 meters apart from each it's other. It's so funny. A like, we're shot. somewhere in fucking Coolangatta. None of them look good. We're in all this in, situation. Yeah. But it, it, again, it's another great comedy beat of like if somebody is saying, one of the bachelors is saying, like, we're just chilling out. Everything's all just cool. Just hanging out. Everything's And then they all linger good. on this shot of them sitting extremely awkwardly far apart from each other for quite a while. It's, it's beautiful for the show to show self awareness. Yeah. The other thing that it's beautiful for the show to show at this point is Jed spray tan. 
Yeah. Man's orange. Weird choice for him to go do that, like, midway through shooting. He has to do it, though, like, to be on the beach. Imagine how self-conscious he must have been about his pasty white. I thought he was proud of it. I thought it was, like, part of his vibe. I don't know. Like, I think that part of his vibe maybe is, like, oh, I'm, I can self-care. I can spray tan, whatever. I'm, he's a country boy. I don't know if he mm. goes to the beach. Maybe mm. he's embarrassed. A note that I've written here is, do you stand up or do you sit down when you wipe your bum? Somebody said that. Yeah. This is... We're falling apart here. We're definitely falling apart. Okay, mm. so meanwhile, so what happens is that Naomi and Felix are getting some quiet time. And so there's this woman named Naomi FBI's. who has been here for a while and we don't really know about her. All that we but know she's is popped that up Felix here. just wants to make out with her. He did yes. this by the pool a couple of episodes ago. Right. There's clear sexual chemistry here. Isn't it exciting to learn about another woman purely through the lens of Felix wanting to make out oh, with her? The male gaze yeah. is I just feel like undefeated. we're really getting to know so many of these people mm. on a really interesting deep level. Um, Felix says that the uh, F me eyes are working from Naomi. And she, in confessional, says that she's excited to try them out. Naomi then asks Felix to say one thing about him yeah. that not many people know. And his mind go, his mind reels for a second. You can see the cogs turning, and then he goes, uh, "This is going to be it. This, this is, is going to be the one that's going to win her over." Deep here. Right, exactly. And I feel like I'm really showing Australia another side of me as well, which is when he says the three little <laughs> words that every woman wants to hear, whispered into her ear. I like dinosaurs. <laughs> I love dinosaurs. Oh, he says, I he love says. dinosaurs. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I was thinking of, I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> he gets, he's, you know, he gets hard for dinosaurs and that's fine. Yeah. We're proud. We're proud and pride rocks. Um. <laughs> Thomas pulls Jasmine to the beach after her Jed's at last episode. That's right. And, and she reveals that she's like an onion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, donkey and dragon have donksies. What's... Oh, Drunky. Drunky. Drunky Riders oh, is Jesus the theme Christ. park ride. This yes. episode, listener, is uh, brought to you by Dreams, Dreams World, Hollywood on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. It's a new theme park we're starting. It's it's close to Dreamworld. Yeah, it's for the bachelors. So it's there's geographically just dream- nearby. Yeah. It's, it's Dreamworld repeated three times. Thomas is like, what's going on with your past relationships, Jasmine? Consider you've just left Jed. And she then like relays her entire relationship history. And gets the silly strings from production here. It's where, like, the... <laughs> they all come out with the can. Yeah, and exactly. They go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's where I feel like the age difference is quite pronounced between Thomas, 35, and Jasmine, That's true. 24. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, he, he in ITM gets to tell the story about how she is telling her whole relationship backstory in, like, right. five minutes, and that's exhausting and bad. Right. Where it's like... That's the beginning of a relationship on this show. Of course it is. You need to like tell your trauma to then be able to move forward with your new bachelor. Yeah, and also she has a lot of catching up to do. What the fuck of do you expect? Of course she does, right? Yeah. And so Thomas is like, she's got mad Verbi die. Yeah. I don't know, shitting out of the mouth, you know what I mean? Right. I like Jasmine. I want her to not be with any of these men. I agree. Yeah, she could do a lot better. And I hope that, like, she seems to have her heart set now on Thomas because she's pivoted and she's been the first of something and let's hope that it works out for her. Yeah, although I don't know if I... Like, I get what you're saying, but I don't think that she really has her heart set on him so much as, like, she's still on the show and wants to keep it going and find out what's going on with him. It's true. It's true. Later in the episode, she says that her heart would be broken if Thomas doesn't give her a rose. We will see if that mm, is true or not. There's a very nice moment here after that, though, with Crystal. That's right. Felix has a beach chat with Crystal. I miss most of this because I was on my phone. Sure. Um, But the end result is that they go for a swim. 
Yeah, so uh, I didn't I didn't catch everything here either, but it, it, they they start. This is this is a nice moment where we're starting to learn anything about Crystal. Yeah, it's really lovely, and Crystal's getting a little bit of camera time, and and I can't tell you exactly what she said because we just watched this episode, and now it's very late at night. But um, it ends with Felix asking, "How spontaneous are you?" And then she says, "Spontaneous? Should we get in the water?" And then he says, "Yeah, let's fucking do it." And they run off. Like, they've probably still got their mic packs on. They're still right. wearing shoes and clothes and stuff. Right. They just sprint out into the water and start splashing around. And it is such a stark contrast to what happens at the end of the Thomas date with Jasmine. Because what happens is Jasmine is like, should we go in the water? And Thomas is like, absolutely not. Thomas says no. That's right. Second time in a row. Thomas doesn't like getting wet. He does not too, too wet for Thomas. Anyway, Very strange. Interesting here because Felix definitely wants to kiss our friend Crystal here. Yes, and and it's a redemption, I guess, for her, who has kind of been in the background, or they've right. kept her in the background for a few episodes. Exactly, you know? and in fact, they put her in the background. I don't know if you've seen this, but all three of the uh, Rose Ceremony group shots that oh, have yeah, been... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right she's in the back. She's hidden, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's wild. Anyway, so Felix says, I've learned my lesson about kissing in public, mm-hmm. which is funny because just last night, Crystal was one of the girls saying, don't kiss in public. Right. And now, as a viewer, I'm like, kiss in public, kiss in public, right. do it. But he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't. does he? Yeah. Uh, do you think this is a victory for Feely? Has he learned? No, I don't think he's learned. I think he just didn't want to kiss Crystal that badly. Mm, I think okay. there's going to be other people that he's going to continue kissing in public, very publicly, uh, as, as long as the season goes on. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Yes. We arrive at the Rosie Sea, Osha rocking up to homily the women through the last couple of couplers. This is truly pointless. They give him some crazy entrance music, though. It's just He's like, like a wrestler. so dramatic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're filling time because the roses are handed out and it is revealed that there are still, honestly, truly, so many women on this show that... Yes. Even though three of them left without a trace at the beginning of this episode, yeah. there's still tons of them and... Arbitrarily, they've decided that one woman will be going home at this rose ceremony. Uh, anyway, somehow it works out that someone called Janae, who is one of Thomas's women, goes home. Not Janae. Well, so this is part of it because, like, I don't understand why it's one of Thomas's women who goes home because realistically, Thomas just lost two women to the mass exit. Yeah. And uh, in the previous, oh, I guess he gained one. But then what goes on with like Felix? Shouldn't Felix have to send a woman home? Like. I don't understand how this At is this working. At this point, it all seems completely up. It's very murky. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's just because it's almost midnight, but, you know. Fuck. Um, so, Janae on the way out gets one confessional, and she says, could we put the heater on because my nipples are so hard I could key the car? <laughs> Which, it seems to be implying that she's going to key the car from the inside. Yeah, that I love. Like, I think that that's ingenuity. <laughs> she's thinking outside the car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good stuff from her. Great I, stuff from Janae. W- we will have to come back to you with a more detailed, um, you know, we're going to talk ratings. We're going to talk Instagram movements and that kind of stuff when we do our final episode for the week. <laughs> Can you believe there's much more? Goodness me, but there's so much more to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as for right now, me and Max are very sleepy babies. We, we are done. Bye bye. Hey, thank thanks you for sticking so much. Out. This has been a fun one. We've um, had a great time. We are both <laughs> definitely exhausted. Correct. Uh, Hopefully uh, you guys got something out of this episode. But if not, fear not, because there's another one coming down the pipe in like 30 seconds. We can't wait. Uh, listeners, we love you very much. Thanks so much for all the support this season. We've been really having a wonderful time. Oh, it's been lovely to have you in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook as well. Yeah, you can find us on there. You can find us on other socials at BOH Pod. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, you can head down to... 
patreon.com slash bohpod, where we also will give you as a little special thank you prezzy. Bonus. Bonus. A couple of bonus Jonases. Um, But yes, until we're back with you very soon, uh, we love you, right? We love you, listener. Goodbye. Goodbye. Searching for a sign